Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, I would like to start off tonight's show in case anybody wasn't listening last night or didn't listen on the archives to uh, the Big Brother Recap Podcast. Uh, Apologies for no show last week as Blog Talk Radio randomly decided, well, fuck it. We're just not going to – we're going to shut down for everybody last week which I had fully intended on doing a show last week. Uh, That is if blog talk radio would have allowed me to even call in, which obviously that did not happen. So therefore, even if we, even if we somehow were able to do a show, uh, it wouldn't have been recorded as the same can be said for last week's big brother podcast as well. However, we are back this week. Uh, We do have Lou and Diane currently on the line with us, and I'm pretty sure Alex and maybe Kyle might join in later. Uh, So, yeah, contrary to popular belief, Lou, uh, the show is not over. Exactly, because on Tuesday morning, they did take the site down, but by Tuesday, everyone was back up. So I figured something had to go, uh, something had to be right. It might have been just, you know, one of the problems they had in the past, which has happened before. Um, so that's, that's you know, I've been involved with Blog Talk now for the last uh, seven, eight years. I've seen this before. I even did shows on Blog Talk back early in my career. So uh, I'm kind of used to this, but I'm glad we're back. However, I may have to sign up early tonight because uh, Little Brother may need me. All right. Well, uh, we will get, we'll, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to the, uh, We'll, we'll get to the topics though as uh, as quickly as we can here. Um, okay. You know what? While we're at it, while we're at it, we'll we'll cover the probably the uh, the main topics first then of what I had planned yeah. uh, for tonight. Because uh, I want to uh, first, I want to start off with uh, the NHL because there was a oh. blockbuster trade last week that went down that I wanted to discuss uh, last week. However. Of course, blog talk ended up going down, so we didn't get a chance to discuss it. Um, the the uh, trade being the trade of Eric Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins, three-team oh, yeah. deal that netted, and we'll, uh, we'll break this down team by team. Going to Pittsburgh, you had Eric Carlson, who, uh, who had like, uh, for a defenseman, he had a monstrous 100 points or more last year. I mean, you don't. It's not every. It's not every season you see a defenseman score 26 goals from the blue line. No, that just doesn't happen. But uh, Carlson is the exception, though. Uh, he goes to Pittsburgh along with Rem Pitlick, uh, Hamaliuk, as well as. San Jose's third round draft pick in the 2026 draft. Uh, going to San Jose, 
will be Pittsburgh's first-round draft pick in 2024, along with Mikael Granlund, Jan Ruda, and Mike Hoffman. Uh, going to Montreal will be Pittsburgh's second-round draft pick in 2025 to go along wow. with Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, and also Ligari as well, which, by the way, Jeff Petrie was then flipped over uh, – over from Montreal to Detroit after this trade in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2025 and Gustav Lindstrom as well. So, obviously, the big piece of this deal, though, is Eric Carlson. And, I mean, let's start with you here, Lou. It seems like this is a move by Pittsburgh to try and go on one last big run with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, if you're acquiring the likes of of Carlson. What what are are your Uh, thoughts uh, to start start off with, Lou, uh, upon seeing this deal? Well, I mean, for Crosby and Malkin, it is now or never. I mean, they're, you know, they're the dinosaurs of the team, and, you know, they want, I'm sure they want to try and get one more run together before uh, they um, call quits. And the Smith, you know, is no slouch either. So uh, this looks like a heavy to be lineup, and uh, I think I yeah. think, it'd be, I think it'd be a good move. But it's do or die. Oh yeah, I definitely. I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good move. Of course, giving up Casey DeSmith, who has now basically become a backup, essentially a backup goaltender yeah. uh, for Pittsburgh. Though now he will be. Actually, he'll probably be the starter in Montreal. I think because. I would put yeah. Smith over any of the other uh, goaltenders in Montreal. So he's probably going to start now uh, in that Canadian's net. Uh, but Carlson, though, I mean, you have a guy who puts up 25 goals and 76 assists from the blue line. You don't see any other defenseman in the league doing that. I think maybe the closest would be no. Kale McCarr. And He's, of course, I mean, let me double-check. He's getting up there in age as well. Uh, Carlson's 33. So, obviously, bringing him and his monstrous contract over to Pittsburgh, it's clear that they're going for, you know, uh, Kyle Dubas in his first couple months as general manager is – basically revamping this Pittsburgh uh this Pittsburgh team to have one last go at it for a potential Stanley Cup. And the kicker behind all of this, Pittsburgh actually saved money in this deal. Hmm. I think they cleared I think they cleared like three million dollars off of their cap. I believe oh, it yeah, was. I heard about that. Pretty good, pretty good deal. So, I, I mean, let's 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 go to you, Diane. What are your thoughts on uh, on this deal for uh, for Pittsburgh? This is a deal. I mean, this is a deal that you would want to make if you're a Stanley Cup contender. Like, uh, for example, I would think that if well, if New Jersey had any cap space left that they would have wanted to yeah. jump in on this move for Carlson. Yes. 
They were going to have the cap right. space. Yeah, the problem is they don't have the cap space because uh, they used it all to uh, to re-up Timo Meyer. Uh, let's uh, let's bring it over to Alex, who is uh, who is joining us now. Alex, what are your thoughts on this huge move for Pittsburgh to bring in Eric Carlson? In uh, what seems like they're it seems like they're giving it one last go with uh, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, if I was running the show for Pittsburgh, I would I would definitely be uh, thinking something like this is, is actually a, a no-brainer. I mean, to add offensive firepower from the blue line like that guy, I mean, you're talking about like Paul Coffey, Ray Bork, Brian Leach-type numbers. Oh, um, yeah, I, know there's yeah. other, I know there's other high-scoring defensemen that are more recent, but those are the guys that kind of come to mind old school. So, yeah, a guy like that is very rare, and to add him is it's a huge power play for them, no pun intended. I mean, it really – to add a weapon like that, man, you know, Defense, you don't often get big power, you know, scoring outputs from that. So that's like almost having a fourth forward on the ice, really. It's a huge move for them. And uh, I like oh, you said, I mean, Sidney Crosby's not getting any younger. So, hey, this is, they're kind of putting the chips on the table and going all in. Either way, good, move for, for, good move for them. It is, yeah. Uh, and actually, I, I just looked up Kale McCarr's stats. He's probably the next closest defenseman. He had 17 goals and 49 assists for 66 points this year. And a year before, he had 28 goals and 58 assists for 86 points. So, wow. Kale McCarr is really the only closest defenseman point-wise and scoring-wise compared to Eric Carlson in this league. So, I mean, he's almost – I mean, that's just a huge addition. Gives him a nice advantage over uh, – you know, they're in a really tough division, too. I mean, they have some great teams that they're going up against. But, I mean, hey, if you have a generational, a generational talent like Sidney Crosby, you know, he might not come around for Pittsburgh for another 20 or 30 years, another player like that. Um, so, yeah, you want, might as well make his final few years the best they can, the best, best uh, teammates they can have for him. Right. And by, and by the way, the, uh, the pick, the first round for to San Jose is top 10 protected. So wow. basically, if it falls if it falls within the top ten in 2024, Pittsburgh will have the option to move the first round pick to 2025. So basically, what they're saying is, if somehow Pittsburgh completely falls apart this year and they fall within the top ten, then basically wow. they can choose to move that pick to next year instead. Yeah, but what if they don't fall in the top ten? Yeah, they're banking on being an elite team and not, not having to turn to that pick. So I question why the opposing right. GM would let that be part of the clause in the contract, though. You know what I mean? The, I mean, to protect probably the Probably because pick. it was the only way. It's probably oh, because yeah. it was I the only way that they would give up the pick. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Look at Pittsburgh and also in the top ten. Do they lose that option? If it falls, no, they don't get to use the, the pick 10? until until they finish out, yeah. uh, outside of the top ten. If they do really well and finish in the top ten. That other team does not get their pick until the following year. Right. So they won't get it until another that that team is one of the ten worst in the league. It could be two or three or four years yeah. until that happens. 
Yeah, so so basically basically what it means is that say everything goes wrong for Pittsburgh and this year they they sell at the deadline, they have a horrible season and their and they and their their lottery pick ends up in the top 10. Yeah, that means yeah. that that means that the pick would then defer to next year instead. Is basically what the gist of it is. It's more they of get a to draft uh, that pick. yeah. They get to yeah. Pick. They get to use that pick when the when Pittsburgh finishes in one of the bottom ten teams. Then they get to use that pick. Oh, but okay. chances are, chances are they're not gonna. They're they're probably not gonna finish in the bottom ten. I mean, they just barely no. missed out right. on the playoffs by like a point this year. So, so I, I mean, highly doubt that of the, they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, getting that part of the deal, that that wrinkle in the deal, I mean, I would want an automatic top 10 pick, but yeah, or wherever they pick, but yeah, that's a good, great job to, to land Carlson and protect that as a top 10 pick. That's a great move by the GM. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but speaking of stars, you know, we go from one star, from one generational star to another generational star. Uh, Jonathan Taze of the Chicago Blackhawks, he yeah. has announced that he he is not necessarily retiring, but he is taking time away from the game for this season. And I have a feeling it has to do with his health because I don't I don't see why he would unless it's mental health. I don't know, but uh, I know he was dealing with uh, with some sort. Of, he was dealing with an issue. Uh, towards the trade deadline this week or this year that ended up making him miss most of the season. Uh, but apparently it, sa- it says that he is, he is uh, taking time. He is stepping away from the game to focus on his health. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, he said he was still suffering from symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune uh, response syndrome back uh on february 19th so he must still be dealing with those effects even though he did return to finish out the season uh he must still be suffering from those effects and thus he will sit out the entire season this year to focus on his health and he will return when he's 36. so uh it's to to me, it kind of seems like he's basically angling for that last big contract. I think so too. Like this, this isn't like gonna whatever whatever. So I was simply going to add this. Doing something like this, I mean, God bless him, and hopefully, you know, health always comes first. But this might not be the best bargaining tool for him. You know, it doesn't provide the best look if he's looking for a long-term deal. You know what I mean? Now, there's questions of the health. If you lock him up long-term, and then he only plays another 45 games and retires, you know, there's a problem. So, unfortunately. Uh, no, like, I kind of. Well, they could void it then if that happens. Do you think he's going to retire after the season? No, no he's sitting out for he now. Retire, he, he said he's not necessarily retiring. He's just sitting out. But, I mean, there I'm is still out. the possibility. Right, that I mean, he's sitting out. Do you think Harry can just retire? There is that possibility, yes. He could just retire, but yeah. uh, it sure considering seems like the type of players. So, I mean, with that, 
right. if, if, if it is health-related, like Steve, like you astutely pointed out, I mean, you know what I mean? Then there's an air of mystery. Like if he's not fully healthy, it might make them a little bit more reluctant and not as gung-ho about signing right. him long-term. You know what I mean? Because now there yeah. might be a question of his health. It might be a question of his health now. I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy who's been playing in the NHL since 2007. So, wow. You know, he's... Wow. He's had, he he has quite a few miles on his uh on, on his uh plate. He's been playing hey, since, since the age of 19 in the NHL. A lot of miles. Yeah. So I mean, not just that, but he also played in the Olympics for Team Canada as well. Uh yeah. but here's the thing, here's the thing that I that I I believe that it won't necessarily him sitting out this season won't necessarily send a bad message because to me, because if a team is desperate enough and they need a big player, I mean, look at, look at David Krejci when, uh, when he came back to, when he came back to the league after, after sitting out for a season, now granted he played over overseas, but uh, you know, it wasn't NHL type of, type of uh, games but uh when when he officially came back this this past season uh there were teams that were interested in his services however he would only play for the boston bruins and i'm pretty sure he could have gotten a multi-year deal if he wanted to as well so uh, especially for a player like jonathan pays if he's a hundred percent and you know all of his health issues are cleared and whatnot. Do not be surprised if he gets a multi-year deal no. with whatever team, whatever team he's going to finish his career with. Because if a team is, is that the desperate, the same team he started his career at. Uh, I'm. Oh. I mean, it's possible, but I'm leaning towards no because Chicago is on more of a rebuild at this point, and they've already moved on. Uh, you know, they've already moved on to uh, Connor Bedard as their next big star to build around, oh, okay. and. I think it just my just my opinion, but I think bringing back John or bringing back Jonathan Pays would kind of overshadow Connor Bedard a little bit on the Blackhawks. So mm-hmm. I think Taze will probably angle to try and sign with a contender. Uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out maybe New York, depending on depending on where New York is uh, after this season, whether they're still contenders or if they're uh, the Rangers. Thank you. I should feel a lot better. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Rangers. Uh, You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, I mean, hell, they'll probably be, uh, you know, Washington will probably be looking for a, for somebody to pair up with Ovechkin, but then again, Washington has Backstrom too, so that would make Jonathan Taze, unless Taze is willing to play the third line. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I do think that there will definitely be interest if Jonathan Taze decides to return 
to action uh, after taking this year off. Yeah. Uh, it's possible if they if they have uh, if they have cap space. Because okay. he won't sign for cheap. Okay. Nope. Yeah. He, he won't sign for cheap, but I mean, I, I guess it's possible if the Devils can can continue to show that they're a top contending team. I think I think it's definitely possible that you could see him uh, possibly sign with the Devils after the after this upcoming season. Uh, speaking of, I mentioned David Krejci earlier. Uh, David Krejci this week announced his official retirement from the NHL after 15 seasons at the age of 37, uh, playing in 1,032 career NHL games, all for the Boston Bruins, uh, recorded 231 career goals and 555 career assists. Uh, he mm-hmm. also won the Stanley Cup back in 2011 with the Boston Bruins as well. Uh, and now this officially means for the first time in five decades, the Bruins will not have a bona fide number one or number two center. The times are changing. Yeah. Are not for the best. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, and then the kind of bizarre the... person is number one or number two. Oh, man. <laughs> so, well, Bedard is the Bruins center now? The Bruins' top center right now is former New Jersey Devil Pavel Zacha. Who's that? <laughs> I never heard of that. I never heard of that guy. I mean, Devil fans. Really? You traded you tra- you traded him for Eric Howla at the beginning of last season. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'll say I'll say though Zatcha had a pretty good first season with Boston, but I still I don't see him. I'd see him as maybe a number two center, but I don't know if I'd see him as number one center material. I mean. But then again, what do I know? I know nothing about sports. This is just an opinion I'm making. Uh, you know, it just it just seemed like, you know, if you were to put Pablo Zacha on the ice at the same time as, say, a Bergeron or a Krejci, he doesn't play at the same level as those two. So... I would see him as more of a third-line center or maybe a second-line winger potentially. But, uh, you know, at, at the at the most, I'd say, you know, maybe he would be a second-line center. But I'll, t- I'll tell you oh, one thing. Uh, the Bruins are, the Bruins are going to be hurting big time uh, for quite a bit. As long as Don Sweeney still doesn't know how to draft successfully. Uh, I mean, hell, you just look at the season. You look at the season that Don Sweeney had three first-round picks, and and the only hit that he had of those three first-round picks was Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, that captain's up to a franchise. Not not right away, but over time, if you lay all your cards out and you got a lot of duds, you're not going to sustain long-term success. And they have to do a better job drafting. Right. 
and plus it hurts as well. This past uh, this past year, of course, they were going all they were going all in uh, on the record-setting season that they had, and they ended up giving up. Basically, they gave up their first-round pick for this year, and they gave up their first-round pick for next year as well. So they don't really have much to draft with for, for this next upcoming season. So it's uh, this could potentially be a pretty long rebuild for Boston. Although one thing I do one thing I do like coming up though is some of the young talent that they have, and maybe perhaps we could see Boston sort of have a rebuild on the fly type of season where. If this young talent that they bring in is able to perform well at the NHL level, you know, maybe perhaps it won't be such a long rebuild, but uh, they're cash strapped right now when it comes to the salary cap. Like they have literally no room to make any sort of move. Unless it means dealing somebody like uh, like uh, their Vezina winning goaltender Linus Olmark. Wow. Yeah, they got a lot of draft picks. Point. They have, to, they have to replenish their draft picks, so yeah, they might they might do that. Mm-hmm. If they were to have done it, the time to have done it would have been at the draft. Yeah. That's what was the draft? What was the draft? When when was it? It was uh was it in June? Late June. Late June. Late June. Yes, late June. Yeah, late June. Okay. So you missed it. Yeah, that that would have been the time to have uh, to have traded him would have been right right at the right at the NFL draft or I mean NFL the NHL draft which you much together oh, well yeah but that would be that would be uh that would be kind of uh how should I put it? kind of awkward kind of kind of awkward having two know. drafts at the same time but I'm an awkward person. Uh, needless to needless to say though this is going to be a pretty dark year I feel for Boston uh for the Boston Bruins yeah. potentially which sucks because this is going to be their centennial season well especially after the collapse in the playoffs but then again if Bergeron wasn't hurt I think maybe they would have gone at least past the Panthers I don't know if they would have gone all the way to win the Stanley Cup but at least they would have made a decent run but after Bergeron got hurt after the spectacular season they had the regular season they just collapsed yeah, you know, yeah. I think what the problem was was that they even allowed Bergeron to return for the series. Yeah. Considering the fact that they won and two games without him in the lineup to begin with. Right. So if they no, won two games without him in the lineup, they should have just allowed him to, re- to to heal up and rest and hopefully yeah. win the remainder hopefully win the, the, the remaining two games without him and then see if he would be available for round two. But I, it, it just, it kind of feels like 
Florida was a team of destiny. I'm not even sure that Boston would have been able to close out Florida even without Bergeron. Hmm. It was just just the way that Sergei Bobrovsky was playing as soon as he uh, as soon as he replaced Alex Lyon in net, and obviously okay. that magic wore off in the Stanley Cup Finals, but. But still, that uh, yeah, it they were just they were just playing at a completely different level. It was it was like they it was like they played awesome the entire season, and they barely get into the playoffs. And it, it's like they were trying to get teams to underestimate them. Which, to be honest, some uh, one last uh, one last note in the NHL: uh, the Arizona Coyotes they did sign defenseman Matt Dumba to a one-year, three-point-nine million dollar deal. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Dumba settled for that little, but that's sometimes sometimes that's what happens when when free agents wait until the very last minute to sign. Usually, uh, free agents that sign around this time, you're not seeing. Wow, what a touchdown by Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, You're not seeing these multi-year deals at this point in time in in free agency. At this point in time, uh, around August, you're going to be seeing like one-year deals get signed by any remaining free agents. So. All right, moving on to the to Major League Baseball, and quite frankly, one of the most disturbing uh, stories that I've seen in quite some time, uh, coming from a for a, when it comes to a professional athlete, Rays star shortstop Wander Franco has been accused of being in an inappropriate relationship with a minor. In particular, a 14-year-old. The Rays Rays ended up releasing a statement after their game against the Guardians, noting that Major League Baseball Mm -hmm. was doing their due diligence regarding the allegations that were made on social media uh, involving their star shortstop. And in particular, uh, he has now been placed on the restricted list and which mean, which means basically throughout this entire uh investigation he will not play period until and who knows even even once the investigation is finished and even if he's found innocent he may he may still yeah. not even play potentially uh what an idiot well let's let's not let's not forget these He's obviously innocent until proven guilty. Uh, yeah. These are, nice. as of now, they are accusations, not necessarily, right. not necessarily proven as fact yet. Uh, but he has been removed mm-hmm. from uh, Tampa Bay Rays commercials. Oh, oh. Um, okay, so it may not just be one teenage girl. Apparently, it's multiple underage girls nice going stupid. according to the new york post again i repeat what an idiot 
Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, I know what they're talking about. They're, basically, what they're talking about is that uh, – I think one of the I think one of them was proven false because the girl has a kid and the girl looks like she's in her twenties. Uh-huh. I think that's the one that they're that they're talking about. But basically so to sum it all up from the New York uh the complaint against Franco was filed in July by a seventeen year old girl, according to the Dominican newspaper Diario Libre, which cited a source in the Dominican Republic Attorney General's office. Uh, they clarified that the underage girl who filed the complaint in July is not the one reportedly linked to the social media posts that triggered MLB's original investigation. And also the Attorney General in the Dominican Republic is currently investigating the matter and as a matter of fact, they have moved the uh, they have moved the case over to their uh, spe- specific specialized uh, part of of the legal system in the Dominican Republic when it comes to that when it comes to that. But there's been a whole slew of stuff that's been thrown around such as uh, some believe that this is an extortion attempt. Uh, There was one report that I claimed that uh, he had known the girl since he was 17 and she was 14. Yeah, I heard that. And and basically uh, once he turned 18, he apparently had stopped having a relationship with the girl until she would turn 18. Uh, then apparently she asked him for money in a Rolls or not. It was like a Rolls Royce or something, some sort of, some sort of big car uh, recently. And he, tur- he, he rejected her, which then prompted her to file the chart, to file the, uh, the charges. Uh, I'm not sure if this is true. This is something that has just been thrown around the internet. Um, needless to say, though, uh, things aren't looking good for him. We'll just put it that way right now. With the way With the way things are spiraling right now, uh, things are not looking good as far as his not not just as as far as his uh, current his current status, but also for his actual career period i mean even if even if uh this gets resolved let's not forget he has a wife he has a wife and two sons oh boy it makes it even worse but let's get let's get your thoughts on this first, Alex. Because uh, you and I, you and I have been talking about this uh, on multiple occasions over uh, over Messenger. What are your thoughts on Wander Franco seemingly, from what it seems like, throwing his career away? Yeah, I mean, just uh, as far as between the lines on the baseball diamond, you're talking about the guy's got the biggest race contract of all time. I mean, they're very tight with uh, money, and they signed him, I think, to a 10-year deal because they knew he was going to be a phenom. They signed him, I think, when he was 19 years old. 
as a minor yeah. leaguer, they signed him to a 10-year deal as before he played one inning of pro uh, MLB. So, I mean, yeah, talent, he's through the roof. He's a generational talent. Uh, as far as what he did or didn't do, I mean, if it's, if it's guilty, yeah, he's wrecked. I mean, baseball aside, he's going to be behind bars. Um, but like you said, I mean, there's so much that we have, still have to learn. So, yeah, it does not look or smell or sound good right now. But uh, we've seen crazier things where it turns out like, oh, wow, this guy's gu- guilty of sin. And then somehow, oh, maybe it was extortion or blackmail. Like there's a, there's, a, there's a chance that, like you said, maybe someone was playing games and trying to get money. I know the one girl that you mm-hmm. said was, you know, pictured who has a kid, was pictured drinking in the car. I mean, obviously she, at clubs, she wasn't acting 14. So that, that doesn't pass the smell test. But this other case might be legit. Um, the one with the kid, yeah, was, trying to, was already trying to get like a BMW and money out of him. So right there, that makes you go, okay, maybe she was playing games. Right. Maybe he's innocent there. But the, yeah, I mean. I'm not saying anything that no one else can sense. I mean, when there's two cases, then it becomes even more suspicious. So maybe the other one's legit. So, yeah, it's not going in a good direction. It's not trending in a good direction for him. Um, yeah, if either, one's, if either one's true, then he is he's cooked. He's cooked. Not, not just baseball, but he's going away. Yeah. Right. We see athletes and coaches and celebrities who have millions of dollars who get busted for driving when they can do an Uber. It's like, a guy like that, let's just say he could he could talk to plenty of plenty of women on this planet, and if he actually chose to go after people of that age, that's just despicable overall. It's it's horrendous. It's yeah. criminal. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, lots to be said. No, like, should. It could be, it could be it could be all a ruse to get money. So I'm not, you know, got to got to play innocent until guilty, but sure doesn't smell good. Right, so, and, and you know, you know, uh, I, I, obviously. He should, if he if he is found if he is found guilty, he should go away for pretty much. I, I mean, I don't I don't know how uh, I don't know how you know how long the, uh, oh, the sentence long is. Sure. Yeah, really, it'll be a long time. I don't know the exact details. I think that would be, be called that be called statutory rape. I mean, that's when a, I guess yeah. I'm no attorney. I'm no attorney, but that's when two consumption. People, but that's not too concerning adults. So that's statutory right. to take advantage of a, a child. So that's, I would think, several years at least. So he wasn't the guy in the alley, yeah. in the dark alley at 3 a.m. grabbing someone, which is, they're both disgusting. They're both disgustingly bad, but it's a different type no of question. assault. It's a different type of assault. Right. But it's still definitely, uh, it's still definitely prison time. It's not a misdemeanor. That's still a couple of years at least, I would think. Right. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on this, Lou? Uh, with with how everything is shaping up right now surrounding Wander Franco. Talk about Tony. You know, I mean, there was there was no there was no excuse for this. I mean, two girls under underage, or one underage rather, and he got a despicable act, and he had a kid and a wife. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Makes even worse. Yeah, two kids. And, and two kids. Just, un- just unbearable. Yeah, and he He has responded actually on social media by uh, he was speaking in in Spanish, oh, really? but basically basically it was translated out to that these people have no idea what they're talking about. Anything that's being said uh-huh. is false. Yeah, 
well, eventually. Yeah. Oh, from OJ to, um, you know, OJ to Ted Bundy. That yeah. was always the line. Oh, I, it wasn't me. These people are nuts. I mean, there's yeah. a certain person in the white, that used to be in the White House. I won't get into that. But certain people are going to always play the, oh, my God, I can never do this card. And sometimes those are the people that are most guilty. Yeah, I mean, right now, unfortunately, we really can't take him at his word. we got to let the professionals and the detectives. And I, the thing is that's huge, uh, guys. They have a private firm in the D- Dominican Republic, I guess, working on it. So no one in America really knows. His agent doesn't really know what's going on. His The Tampa Bay Rays, you know what I mean? It's over. It's, it's in a different country. So it makes yeah. it even harder right. for them, I guess, to try to defend him. So, yeah, it's really – there's a lot of smoke uh, billowing out of that, that dugout. They're still – And they did, they did say to – Still a deep team, but I mean that. I mean, they have like they have other really good players, but I mean that's just as far as baseball. That's a, that's a big blow for them too, talent wise. Yeah, yeah, of course, talent wise. I mean, uh, you He's know, you don't best. see somebody with the talent. You don't see somebody with the talent of Wander Franco come around uh, every year. So crazy. I think he's uh, twenty-one. And by the right way, now. he signed just... that contract. I think he yeah. signed that contract when he was. Uh, it was minor. shortly after he got promoted. Okay, so it was like right there. But, yeah, I remember he really um, – and I guess Tampa's done that. The names escape me. They've done that a few other times because they really – like they obviously watch their money. They don't spend big. They did that at one or twice with other people where they'll just quickly lock people up because if you wait one or two years, unless he's a criminal, which he might be, I mean, typically a guy like that could get like a $300 million deal. So I think they gave him like a 10-year, $150 million deal. You know, he's straight from the DR. He's young, so that was like a time to get him kind of cheap. But uh, yeah, yeah, his his career and his freedom are in serious jeopardy. Yeah, and actually, there is a report out by Hector Gomez, who he has a he has a history of back and forth. He has a history of being right. He has a history of being wrong. Uh, but he has reported for ESPN before uh, the Spanish outlet uh, version. Yeah. And he said he reported a person very close to the investigations in the case of Wander Franco uh, says it will be very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in Major League Baseball again, judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, which directly commit him to the accusations against him. Now, like I said, this guy this guy has had a history of being right and also a history of being wrong in the past. Uh, and I and get I, the, it was it was strange. Just as an aside, it was strange too. I don't know if it was a coincidence, but I mentioned this to you this week, Steve, randomly and kind of quietly. I follow the Rays a lot because I guess my parents are out there. I've always just I like them because they're like small market and they still kick ass. They have a great minor league system, but I just appreciate the way they do it. But anyways. They're kind of like my second favorite team. So I follow him a little bit. So he had gotten suspended um, a couple months ago randomly for a couple of games. They're like, he needs to work on uh, growing up and being a man. If you look it up, guys, I mean, yeah. he was suspended quietly. He was suspended quietly earlier in the season. And they never really explained why. I don't know if it's about this, but, hey, maybe there's dots to connect. I don't know. Yeah, no, when I, when I, looked, at, when I looked that up, it sounded like it had more to do with – clubhouse issues as opposed to, you know, him being a potential pedophile. Oh, gotcha. It's just kind of weird. It was, that's what he's kind of had some issues yeah. going on. Which, so obviously this is a hundred times bigger, but it just made me question, Hey, maybe there's something going on there too. He's got a lot of stuff. Right. On, apparently. 
So that uh, obviously the big question here. I mean, uh, this is a huge loss for the Rays to begin with, uh, and I, you know, it's 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 hard to talk about baseball at this time when we're talking about this topic, but. Uh, he sure. was playing probably the best baseball out of any Rays hitter so far this season, yeah. batting 281, 17 homers, 58 RBIs, and 30 stolen bases uh, at the time of his uh, of the investigations beginning. Um, but basically, from what you know, from what it uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, he will. Uh, he will be out of baseball until the situation gets resolved, whether or not it's a, uh, whether he's found innocent or if he's found guilty. Uh, If he's found guilty, my understanding is that the Rays will be able, it's kind of the, it's kind of a similar thing uh, with what happened in previous situations like this where a team can get out of a contract. Uh, and well, the Rays be to, will be able to, if he's guilty, I believe. I mean, Steve, this time, yeah. they, they would have to. They would have to. I mean, if Ray Lewis, remember there was an issue with him where he might have been guilty of something terrible. Um, there's been right, other athletes. Of murder. I, my, the memory escapes me. There's been other yeah. cases. If someone gets arrested and, and, like, thrown in prison, I mean, that contract has got to be voidable. I mean, it would have to be right. They're not going to pay him if he's well. They would have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they would have to file a sort of clause in order for it to. uh, Actually, the Patriots. That's 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 the example I'm thinking of. The Patriots with with uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Where did they? uh, He got sent. He got sent to prison, and uh, I remember there was a whole lawsuit and everything over it. Uh, But basically, what happened was the Patriots. They filed a sort of uh, injunction or something or an exception with the league, and the league, uh, due to the circumstances, voided the contract. So wow. uh, yeah. the, the Hernandez family then, I believe later, I believe the Hernandez family then later sued the Patriots. Yeah, good luck with that. Kid. Your uh, your guy was a killer. Sorry, you're not collecting a dime. I mean, that's the Patriots' response, so, rightfully so. <laughs> I assume what's going to no. happen. I assume what's going to happen here is it'll it'll be the same thing. They're going to wait until the verdict is announced, and at that time, the Tampa Bay Rays will then be able to file some sort of exception with Major League Baseball, and it'll. It'll it'll enact basically to where his contracts can be voided, which by the way they are still paying him even though he's sitting out right now. They are still paying him. He's only making two million dollars this year uh, before that before that uh, contract officially kicks in. Mega deal. Well, yeah, that's so, like a, if someone's guilty, if a, God forbid, if a police officer, you know, or a doctor malpractice or a, a, a if a cop brutality case, I'm not just picking on that, both great professions, but you'll see uh, if people of any profession, really, if they're like pending the outcome, oftentimes they will still get paid. Once they're found guilty, that changes everything. But until then, you know, they're paid, basically paid leave of absence, paid time off. So he's still collecting. Right. 
if he's in the slammer, right. that that money goes. That money, no bueno, no way. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that he that he will probably uh, that he will pro- he will probably get um, his contract will get voided basically. Okay, yeah. uh, but you know what I found funny though about that first that first person okay, that had that had accused him. Uh, the first person that had accused him. She removed all of those photos of her with a kid, and she claimed, yeah, and then she claimed that she's never had a kid. That's like changing. That's like a suspect suddenly changing the alibi, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like changing your alibi. Oh, if you're lying about the events, then you know it's like if if you're honest and you're sincere about what you're doing, why are you lying? Why are you hiding stuff now suddenly? So that yeah, right now, that right there, that 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 that's shady. That right there equals. Maybe she's full of it. I mean, that doesn't look pretty honest. If you're starting to hide pictures suddenly, uh, there's more of that story. So I think it's more focused is going to be on that second girl. Because, I mean, if she's changing her photos and stuff, that doesn't make her look like too much of a victim, I don't think. Less Mm. of a victim, I should say. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? Something sounds really suspicious here. You know, this... The, the whole the whole thing is the whole thing sounds you know completely whacked out. But Franco, I, but uh, Franco, I know business is doing this, you know, so he is at fault. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are doing stupid things, you know. As an athlete, you're supposed to say a good example uh, for your fans and even for uh, the young. But you're going doing something like this, which is totally uh, totally inexcusable. So, <laughs> you know, you've got reputation which I can now he is shot straight to hell. By yeah, the way, there are screenshots for a long time. There are screenshots of that first girl too, Uh-oh. of her wearing a of her of her wearing Tampa Bay merchandise, and there's a saying there's a there's a saying on one of the screenshots from her Instagram in uh, in Spanish in Spanish that translates out to the one with a base mm-hmm. and also. And also in the chat messages, someone alleges that he won't travel back to the Dominican Republic. He, meaning Franco, won't travel Franco. back to the Dominican Republic until she gets 18 or until she turns 18. Okay. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the screenshot right now, and I'll send it. Uh, you know what I'll do? I'll send. I'll send it to you. Well, it's, um, if if they charge him, mm-hmm. they'll have marsh. The U.S. Marshals will come get him, or someone from Mexico. I mean, you can't you can't do that over in Dominican and then just say, "Oh, I'm not no. coming back." Uh, they'll come find you and say, "You know what? You need to come with us. You're coming over to the Dominican." It's not. It's gonna, it's, I don't think it's going to be a choice if he comes back or not. If they bring charges, right now it's a lot of just innuendo and rumors. Doesn't sound good. But right. Not, oh no. I'm oh not, no. If he I'm does, not to sound, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sound like Johnny Cochran and defending the indefensible. I, he sounds pretty shady right now. I'm just saying they got to really – once they bring charges, then we'll know it's really, really legit. Like yeah, no, if this goes through, he will most definitely be charged in, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I'm looking at the photos now. Yeah, it's, it, it's – Oh, wow. It's just a lot to take in. There's there's a lot that we know, and there's a lot that uh, probably a lot more than we don't know. Yeah, it doesn't 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 seem pretty good right now for Mr. Franco. 
And these ones no. are new. I literally because I had sent you the other ones, but these ones are new. I literally just found these. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, he's uh, in a world of pain right now. If, if it's true, you got to got to do process. I mean, that's one cool thing about America now. The Dominican Republic seems like a good country. I don't. Maybe they go with charges faster. You know, they they live by a different creed. So it, we'll see. Well, also you he's don't up. know. Also, you you don't know what the uh, um obvious obviously you know the. Uh, the age limit is 18 over in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know how the Dominican, none of us know actually how the Dominican Republic uh, governs as opposed to the United States in terms of like what the, uh, what the sentencing would be if he is found guilty. Yeah, there might not even be you know, a jail process. I mean, in America, sometimes, unless you're a murderer, you can get accused of some really bad stuff, and then you still get let out on bail. I don't know if over there, they might just keep them locked up for six months before they go to trial. I mean, a lot of a lot of judicial systems are a lot different. America, I guess, apparently is pretty lenient, but then again, we have the most, uh, the biggest prison population in the world. So that's kind of yeah. messed up, too, but... <laughs> So it says here, according to a Dominican, yeah, according to a Dominican Republic prosecutor, uh, the division specializing in minors and gender violence is the is the division that's leading the investigation into them, and as well, uh, the judge of the case is also one that is uh, very skilled with child abuse cases so that's good I mean, they are obviously matter on that yeah you gotta you gotta have the right people on that case right that's that's good that they're doing that right for good for justice right you don't want to put someone who specializes in uh money laundering in charge of this yeah they have the right person looking over this which is great and i guess they have a they have a anti underage whatever you want to say the crimes unit it's specific to whatever this is like they have a i guess they have a a, a a special squad just focused on this case. So it's not good for yeah, him if he's guilty. On, if he's not if he's not innocent, he's going to get totally rocked. He needless to say, he is uh to put Under to put it uh to put it to put it not to put it not so lightly, if he's found guilty, he's fucked. Put it that way. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Like it's and you know it's 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 a good thing too that if uh Obviously, he deserves it. If he gets, if he's found, if he's found guilty, you know, obviously he deserves it. But you know, this just, this just tells me, I can't shake that feeling that he's being extorted somewhere. I'm not trying to defend him. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, too, you man. know, that's what I'm saying. Is, the thing is. Why? Why does this come out now? Yeah. Well, I mean, no offense, Steve, but I mean, because you, you and Lou and Diane, I mean, we all, we all we're all pretty observant and pretty good about reading stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, something like this though, is there ever really a good time for it? Maybe this girl just got uh, maybe this girl is uh about to be homeless. Maybe she lost a parent. Maybe she needs money badly. Maybe someone in her family is sick, and they're like, okay, let's go after Franco. Go after the millionaire playing over in America. Yeah. I mean, so unless we know the full I'm, story, 
You know what I mean? If if it's if she's trying to extort him, obviously it's for money. So maybe there's something going on. Again, this girl who 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 changed her photos, who has pictures of her drinking at clubs, she's not not like acting like a child. This one's full of shit, I think. Um, it does. So like that. Uh, it's but it's, the other one would be where he's gonna get hit. I think if the other one's legit, right. they both might be trying to just money grab. But it, it happens a lot with with professional athletes too. This one's a little bit more unique, yeah, though, I guess, because. Because she's from overseas, or sorry, from the Dominican, either way, so it makes it a little bit more unique. But I mean, this happens a lot. It's just this. This seems I don't know. I I I have a feeling deep down I would vote that it's, I think it might be a money grab. But obviously, if he's guilty, he deserves it's a money every. Grab. If he's guilty, he deserves everything he gets. But I yeah. I, I feel like it's, it might be a money grab. I'm seeing I'm seeing a highlight right now on Twitter. This isn't even fair. Lionel Messi scores yet again in his seventh again. game for Inter Miami. He now has ten oh, goals wow. in seven games. Insane. It's Messi mania. Both. This just these. This just isn't even fair. I mean, this guy is running circles around. Every single player out there on an, hey, on a, on an MLS player. pitch right now. But, I mean, imagine Kobe or LeBron going over to play in Europe. Both have awesome players in both leagues, but, I mean, he is kind of – he is on another level, right? He is, yeah. Or Conor McDavid playing in the top league uh, anywhere else in the world, non-NHL. You know what I mean? It's a different level of competition. And right. MLS is getting better thanks to people like this. He's kind of helping spearhead. I know Andre came over. Um, there's more people coming over. Messi is saying now it's, the talent gap is a lot less, that MLS has gotten better. Then again, he's, you know, making money over fifth, living it up in Miami. So maybe he's a little bit biased. Maybe they're trying to help him, you know, hey, Coach Noah to say that. But, I mean, he's saying that there's, the talent level is getting a lot better in MLS, and he's certainly helping that. But, I mean, they need to add more and more players out of the Premiership and out of the Premier League and out of, um, you know, places like PSG and, and Germany and stuff like that. But do you guys think it's even right. similar or is there still a big disparity in the, the, the talent level you guys think? Is MLS really getting better or not? Is it just like in Miami? Well, uh, I done better, but Messi is, you know, of course, a superstar. And he's going to, I think, set this league yeah. in new heights. Just like Paley did with the, with the uh, NASL back in the 70s. Oh, yeah, good MLS. call. Do you think that's yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, I it'll think, be a good – I, I don't think a lot of the rosters are as good, though. It's just a few superstars coming over. I mean, they need to get yeah. a lot more international talent before that's the case. Yeah, because the, the, the thing <laughs> is, uh, most players – most players that play in Major League Soccer, their ultimate goal is to go – is to be – is to play good enough to be noticed by a team in the Premier League. Yeah. So yeah. – yeah. That they could it go is. overseas, but I mean, if we start you'll to see, the see best players, you'll see the best Americans back in the day. They go, like you said, they go, yeah. they go play, in, they go play in England. Typically, if we do start to see, if we do start to see more stars come over to Major League Soccer, though, that yeah. could start to raise a few. Uh, that that could start to open a few eyes, though. Yeah, possibly. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's uh, exciting. I was like, oh, yeah. at first, I was, at first, I was like, this is kind of lame, you know. But yeah, he's had an incredible impact. 
like one of Lou's buddies was saying on the show earlier this afternoon. I mean, it's made a, it's made a lot of excitement back in MLS. So I think it's great. It has. I mean, oh I no, it definitely has. You know, I, I mean, it's not the first time this has happened though. You know, we had Beckham, we had Donovan. At first, they were superstars too, and they were the Raiders when they were but nothing like we would see with Messi. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. I and I hope more no, players. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it, man. I hope you know the Portland Timbers or. I'm not really well versed in MLS, but yeah, I hope there's a, I hope there's a wave I hope there's a wave of awesome players that that somehow keep coming over here. Maybe it's the start of something cool. Yeah, well, similar to the Red Bulls, we can use them. Yeah. Well, they they said they did say they did say that they had uh, eight million views on uh, uh like like or. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Not eight million. Eight billion views worldwide for uh, what's his name's uh, debut for Messi's debut. Like ever since, like since he's de- since he's debuted in Major League Soccer. Apparently, that that one soccer match has had eight billion views leading up to today. Only eight like, billion. Boy, I was off. So there's definitely a whole bunch of eyes on Major League Soccer now, a lot more than there than there used to yeah. be. And I think the ties with because, Dan Beckham doesn't hurt. I mean, they have a lot of positive things going on. So it makes sense for Miami, right. obviously, the landscape, the people, the entertainment, ratings. You know, he's not going to wind up in Milwaukee. There's cool people in Wisconsin, but you know what I'm saying. It's a major awesome. market. It's beach, so it's going to attract, you know, Obviously, NBA players are going to obviously attract. He's not going to. He'd rather go there than go to you know Seattle and another another cool area. But you know what I'm saying. Miami is very flashy, so it's a boon. It's a rating yeah. score for uh, for the league. I mean, I just I hope more and more players. No one's another Messi, but you know what I mean. I hope some of the best strikers and defenders and midfielders start coming over one by one. It'd be pretty cool if the MLS yeah. gets flooded with talent. Right. Uh, by by the way. The way uh, what was that, Lou? Well, I mean, because, you know, MLS has been here now for 25, 26-plus years, and, you know, it hasn't really, you know, stacked up to where, you know, it wanted to be. Now you're getting messy, and now you're going to go with other uh, stars over here. So, you know, what took yeah. you so long? Yeah, it has a well, lot of uh, – now, now people are really keeping an eye on that league now. About time. Yeah, the, th- yeah. the thing is is that – uh, you know, for for quite a while, soccer was never really such a big sport in the United States. You know, yeah. and yeah, now we that now team. that all of a sudden we've been seeing we've been seeing soccer's popularity over the years start to rise in the United States. You know, that's what's caused more eyes to all of a sudden. Uh, come on, not just you know, not not just uh, not just eyes for the audience, but eyes uh, from the players too. Yeah, you know, which seeing means, which people like like Messi, seeing people like yeah. Messi or Jordi Alba or Sergio Busquets come over. Um, there was talk that maybe perhaps uh, you know maybe perhaps some other big talents could potentially come over. Um, but 
I, you know, I think the messy deal is what may potentially open the door. The floodgates, if you will. If, yeah, absolutely. And it yeah, yeah, leaves yeah. the door wide open, man. It makes it, instead of a pipe dream, look, it's it's a reality now. And where there's one, and, and we're not talking about a really awesome midfielder that's maybe a, the best player on Team USA, you know, who's staying home instead of going to play for, you know, Barcelona or Liverpool or Manchester. We're talking about the best of the best maybe ever from way over there coming here. I mean, yeah, it's a right. huge score for the MLS. It's a huge score for them. However, though, I mean, this is Chris, a huge, you know, Chris, huge awakening. It's a huge awakening for it's a huge new. It's a new day for the MLS. However, though, Christian Christian Pulisic coming back over to the United States would actually be pretty big too. That would be cool. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Instead of just staying home, which is admirable and a really good score for MLS to have like the Michael Jordan of all time from over there coming here. I mean, this is right. like this, a massive, massive impact for the hit for the future of MLS. Because now, right. like you said before, who knows who's next? Maybe, you know, a third of the Manchester uh, City players come over as a group in two years. I mean, you never know. It's, now it's, it's opening, it's, like you said, it's, it opens the door for who knows what's going what's gonna to happen now. By, by the way, uh, staying on the subject here, uh, the United States did not get Cristiano Ronaldo, and now they have not gotten Neymar Jr., as Neymar Jr. has signed a two-year deal with Al Halal of Saudi Arabia, come on, worth one hundred and seventy-five million per year, with no taxes. Not just that, he also gets a private plane. He gets a fully staffed mansion. He gets $85,000 extra for every win. An hour. And he also gets, and he also gets for advertising social media posts, he gets $545,000 extra. Come on. For that. As See, part of the deal. So now that, that's, that's the total, and sorry to blabber a bit, but I just wanted to say real quick, and then you guys take the, take the mic again. I mean, that's the flip side yeah. of it. Messi coming here is awesome because there's really good talent. And I'm sorry, maybe there are some really good players over in that league, but that, those are just total money grabs, a couple of those guys going over there, like Ronaldo yeah. and, and Neymar. I mean, but, again, with the Saudi, Saudi princes, I mean, they have hundreds of billions. You don't even know how much money they have. They, they can blow uh, Amazon yeah, CEO out of the water. I mean, they have, other, they have godly money over there. That, that's 120% just money grabs over there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and playing over there. I mean, come on, here no, one, no one knows no, players over there. I don't. I mean, MLS is a lot more legitimate than that league. It is now, right? It, it, it says too that the salary could go up to a potential four hundred million total until twenty twenty five, based on based on add ons and potential commercial deals. It, it, until over there in back Saudi on, Arabia. It, it, until his friends make fun of him enough, and then he's like, finally, fine, I'll come back to the Premier, Premier League or I'll go to the MLS. I mean, just going over there, come on. That's not a heavyweight soccer league. That's a total money grab. But the, hey. deal, the, deal was completed, the deal was completed by his father, Neymar Pai, as well as super agent Pini uh, uh, Zahavi. Mr. Zahavi. So... 
regard you know, regardless, I believe this was sort of similar to the deal that was offered to Lionel Messi, and Messi instead, they said that Messi took less money to go to Inter Miami. So it wasn't a money thing for Messi, but no, and I, I would I would think maybe he gets owner, partial ownership or endorsements. I mean, there's got to be other deals in place oh, for him I'm to sure. actually profit off it. Yeah, I mean, he can say whatever he wants, but I'm sure behind the scenes they're taking very good care of him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they probably are. I'm sure there's probably uh, he probably has some sort of uh, minority stake in uh, inter or in in Inter Miami. I would think, yeah. It's great for the league. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Going over to U.S. Women's National to the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, the former manager now, uh, Blacko Andonovsky, has parted ways with uh, the U.S. Uh, Women's National Team, uh, officially announced on Thursday. Uh, coming a few weeks after they were eliminated in the round of 16 in the Women's World Cup. Uh, the earliest World Cup exit for the squad in program history, according to uh, accor- according to the article here. Uh, they did announce uh, assistant Twila Kilgore will serve as the interim head coach for the time being. Um Andonovsky had originally taken over for former head coach Jill Ellis uh, after she stepped away with two World Cup wins back in 2015 and 2019. Uh, His contract was originally set to run through the end of the year following the World Cup. However, uh, during the tournament, he received criticism for his absent tactical adjustments, uh, questionable substitutions, and overall lack of player rotation. Uh, he does end his tenure with the women's national team with a 51-5-9 and record after four years at the helm. Uh, Kilgore is the first American-born woman to earn U.S. soccer's top-level pro license. Uh, she was an assistant under Andonovsky for one and a half years and will lead the team while the search for a permanent coach is conducted. Uh, previously, she was an assistant coach with the Houston Dash in the National Women's Soccer League and worked with, ver- with numerous U.S. youth women's national teams. Uh, she spent 15 years in the college game as a head coach at UC Davis and an assistant at Pepperdine before leading or before landing the top job there. So, obviously, I mean, the U.S. Women's National Team is obviously undergoing a bit of a bit of a, uh, a rebuild, so to speak. Uh, yeah, a transformation. Considering uh, they they have a new head coach, uh, Megan Rapinoe and Julie Ertz have both retired. Um, and there's, I guess there, there's a rumor too that, uh, that they might, they may have a couple of others leave. Uh, but in my opinion, I still feel, and I got chastised for this earlier today, um, on Uh your show, uh, earlier, Lou, uh, sorry, I, 
I actually, I mean, I wasn't flat out called out, but I, I had a feeling the way I was spoken to that it was directed at me. Um, I actually feel that the women's national team is actually in a better spot compared to the men's national team. A hundred percent. Because when I heard it before on the show, on Luce's really good show, I mean, yeah, I agreed with you. I think it was kind of misunderstood. You had an awesome point. Yeah, they're just on different levels right now. The expectations, obviously, the yeah. results. And the, the girls are miles ahead, unfortunately. It is what oh. it is. Yeah, you, you, you nailed it. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it earlier. Absolutely. I think it was, it was misinterpreted by that one guy. I think there's no harm done, but, yeah, you kind of like all, no. misunderstood. You, you nailed the point. It was just kind of misunderstood. Basically, what I meant was that you take a look at the men's national team and how they have a head coach who basically plays not to – he doesn't play to win. He plays not to lose. Ridiculous. And right. as long as as long as Berhalter – is at the helm of the U.S. men's national team, they are going nowhere, period. Like, no. yeah. don't expect any sort of success from them whatsoever. The women's national team, okay, I understand, you know, the round of 16, a round of 16 exit is considered to be a disaster, apparently. For, But I, I guess yeah. people don't understand, too, that the sport is evolving. This was an old team. Yes. You need, you know, you you need obviously at some point to implement a youth movement, which is what they were trying to, which is what they were trying to do this year, which is why we didn't see players like Megan Rapinoe play in the first couple of games of the World Cup. All right. They're trying to implement a youth movement. And in, in all honesty, I think, it, I think we would have been worse off if we had Megan Rapinoe uh, play from the be- from the very yeah. beginning. No, I mean, and, you she know, was it's kind of, of like she slowed down a lot, and obviously, it was proof was in the pudding when she missed that PK. Sadly, exactly. I mean, yeah, if she's not going to start and be a yeah. star. Then it's kind of like the person that shouldn't be on the roster, but it's a feel good story, so they kept her around. Well, it kind of caught up to them. And now Julie Ertz, Zach Ertz from the Eagles retired. Uh, a couple of different players right. retired. Alex, Morgan, Alex Morgan's getting a little older. So, yeah, I mean, it's time for them to dial it back and get uh, injected with some more youth. Might be good for them long term. <sighs> Meanwhile, on the, on the men's side, you have, you have a lot of these players okay. are playing in either Major League Soccer or they're playing over in the Premier League. You know, these are players who are ha- much higher regarded compared to the women. And yet they got eliminated in the in the knockout rounds this year. Or this past uh men's world cup. I mean, I don't know now granted the female pool is kind of smaller, I believe, but yeah. I would think just based off of what we've seen from both of these from both of these uh, clubs, that the women are actually in a much better spot, oh, and they don't have a coach. Absolutely. They don't have a coach. They don't have a coach that deliberately doesn't play a player 
because they have a vendetta against them. No, they're, like they're, world they're, they're at opposite sides of the spectrum. We all don't want to admit that, but it's pretty clear. And that's why I, I totally you, yeah, make, you made a great point. You made a great point. I was a little bit lost in, in translation earlier. It was misunderstood by one person, but I mean, Lou and I understood it. The audience understood it. Yeah, they're they're on different levels right now. Um, I mean, I I throw my two cents. I threw my two cents earlier this afternoon too. I mean, the last time they were really legit and really ready to rock and roll and like power, you know, heavyweight style, if you will, was all the way back with like Landon Donovan and Lawless and, and Tim Howard. And that's been a long mm-hmm. time. And, you know, I'll always go back to the, the one, the one belief I have, uh, why, why it's so hard for the men. There's so many damn sports that attract top talent, baseball, football, obviously, Jesus, every, every kid and their brother. Now these dads want their kids, to, you know, it's like, Basketball is huge everywhere in, you know, from New York City to Milwaukee. A lot of kids are playing basketball. Overseas, Brazil, it's yeah. soccer, 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 soccer. Growing up, soccer, soccer. Every grandmother has uh, right. Neymar jerseys and Pele's jerseys. Over here, soccer is kind of on the other – a lot of youth kids play it, and then they go to other sports. So we just don't have the numbers. I would hope they would have 15 or 18 awesome players for a World Cup team. But, like, I've, I've always said it too, like, especially nowadays, like Brazil might have two or three rosters that could beat USA. You know, players that aren't even on their main World Cup roster, they might have 40 or 50 players that could suit up for Team USA. There's just a talent disparity in men's soccer. Yeah. The, the, talent, the talent is too spread out amongst other sports growing up over here. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts, Lou, on uh... – the uh, the women first off getting a new coach, and second off, uh, where do you think uh, which which team do you think is in a much better position uh, between the women and the men? Well, definitely the women are in a much better position, of course. I mean, you know, just after coming off you know the 2019 World Cup, okay, so they lost in the, in the uh, knockout round, but it doesn't make them any. You know, I don't think they've. Well, maybe they have lost a step or two. They've lost a few players. The team is aging. But still, on a far better course than, say, the men are. I mean, the men haven't done anything much since 2010 when they had Donovan and a few others, and we made that surprise to the um, knockout round of the, the 2010 World Cup. But they, there's there's no comparison between the two at all. I mean, yes, the uh, U.S. women is going on like a, a rebuild because the team has gotten old, but... You know, and as far as the uh, manager st- stepping down, well, that's uh, you know, that's the end of an era. And now I have to see how when this uh, new uh, interim coach takes in, you know, when they start doing their friendlies and whatnot. So um, we'll just wait and see. I think for now, uh, the U.S. women's team, you know, is going to be on a bit of a downward trend for a little bit now. But um, if they find the right coach and some good young talent, um, I don't think it'll be too long before we see them, you know, back right to the top. And of course. Don't forget the. Um, I think they're also in for the uh, women's uh, uh, soccer Olympics as well next year. So I don't think we've seen the last of it yet. But when it comes to like you know the powerhouse teams that they were, you know throughout the last uh, four to eight years, and that might be a, you know, that might be a while before we see that again. Oh, awesome, right. guys. Which I'm thinking too, because because like people like Rapino. Sorry, I got nothing against her. You know her off the field stuff. I you know I treat everyone equally. Whatever, everyone's got a voice. But I'm thinking talent wise, keeping someone like her and even Ertz. You know what I mean? It's like they overextended their stay. I look at some of their best young players 
I mean, now they might have a couple extra really good young players that are on the next roster. So I, I don't know. I think maybe they could get the next, maybe they can win it all the next time around. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't, I wouldn't call it a real re- rebuild. Cause I mean, I think no. it's flooded with good. I think it's, there's a lot of good young talent that now is going to be at those tryouts. There's a lot of new blood coming in. And you have Sophie Smith, you have Rodman. That's so cool. Dennis Rodman's daughter's on the team. I mean, you have some good, really good young talent that's going to really take center stage next time around. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it would necessarily be a rebuild, but it's more of a case of you have to. They're going through a youth movement right now, is what they're doing. Which, I think yeah, it's going to be good. Gonna... Yeah. I mean, I mean how, we knows. see this happen. We, we see this happen with down. other with with pro sports teams. Definitely. Like for example, I'll give you a, I'll give you a perfect a perfect example. I guarantee you right now the the New York Yankees are probably wishing that they didn't that they didn't hold on to old uh, uh, to old talent and that they had gone the youth movement a lot sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean it's you got to make it like we were saying in last week's great show. I mean if if it's if you're facing some tough games and you're losing more than you're winning, there's a crossroads. I mean, yeah, we, we can all beat up on the Mets. They suck right now, but at least they did blow the whistle on themselves and get some prospects. Yeah. So there comes a time, right? You know, every sport, you, there comes a time you got to look in the mirror. Hey, this is not going to win it. What else can you do? You got to start over somewhere. You got to kind of, kind of rebuild a little bit. Try something new. And at least that's what the women are doing now. They're, they're basically with with the reti- Of course, the retirements are helping here, but. Uh, they're basically being forced, and that we we did see it this season, the re, or this uh, this tournament. The reason why they probably didn't advance, like many people thought they would, was because they're going through a youth movement right now. Right. You know, if anything, this was more of a learning experience for uh, for the women on this year's roster. They kind of thought they were. I mean, you could almost. It's hard to draw the parallel right back to the Yankees, but it's almost like they were coming off, you know, a couple World Series, and they thought they could keep the same team forever, if that makes sense. Right. So now it's like the, the reality. Right. You know what? Right. Everyone else is getting younger. <laughs> Rapinoe's, Rapinoe's got uh, lost a couple of gears in the gear shift. I mean, it's time to bring in some new blood. So I think it'll be better for them. It's just going to hurt a little bit in the, in the beginning. Now let's go to over to the NBA. Uh, coming from a not real NBA fan, might I add. Um, so there was a recent uh-huh. video clip that that came out on social media around James Harden, basically saying that that Daryl Morey is a liar and that he would never be part of an organization that Morey is a part of, and he even said it again. Yeah, James Harden, and he even said it again to reiterate it. Uh, and this comes this comes after Maury pulled him from any trade talks with the LA Clippers because James Harden obviously wanted to go with the L, wanted to go to LA, but uh, basically uh, Maury pulled the plug on that and. Now, not just that, but also uh, this tension has caused Joel Embiid 
to all the, who's been who's been Mr. Philadelphia ever since he got drafted by Philly. Through through all of a yep. sudden, and, and you know he's been he's been all about trusting the process. Uh, yeah. And he knows he knows that internet people pay attention to every single thing that he does. He removed all all elements of being associated with the Philadelphia 76ers from all of his social media accounts. What do I always call uh, my least favorite athlete? Of, one of them. I, I despise Harden, as you know. Hey, chemistry killer. You know, like you said, Embiid trusted the process for years. I mean, taking good care of him, everything. But, yeah, you nailed that. I mean, he's been very loyal, very sought after. He can go play anywhere. He's like a better, taller version of Damian Lillard. He's been loyal the whole time in Philly, and then now when does he want to leave? Once Harden comes in and messes everything up, and he's learning from a guy like Harden. Very well. You just you have a guy like Harden around your locker room. Other personality, other people change too. He 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 poisons the well, poisons the water. Embiid would never say this if Harden hadn't come to Philly. I mean, come on. They he suffered through Ben Simmons. He suffered through the number one pick, Marco Fultz, instead of Jason Tatum. I mean, Philly. He's been trusted mm-hmm. process for far too long, but I mean. He never uh, removed social media stuff. He never did it this bad until Harden came to town. Because Harden shows other players, normally they're mostly younger than him. They're impressionable. Hey, through this, we can go play in Miami next year. We can go play in uh, L.A. Like, there's no loyalty with Harden. So, Embiid learned from him. And, I mean, I think he learned from Harden. I don't think Embiid would pull this jackass move. I mean, come on. Oh, we he all did say loyal. That's a good sports city. I mean, what did Philadelphia do wrong to and now he wants to leave suddenly. Weird. Well, it's it's a question of whether or not whether or not he's trolling the fans or if oh could be if if he actually means it if Joel Embiid actually means it because oh. like I said Joel Embiid does pay attention to social media and I didn't th- I didn't think of that you know he, that's that's a whole different story been known he i mean his his social media account has his middle name being called troel like a like a play on troll mixed <laughs> yeah, with joel calling it troel mm-hmm. but you know it just it seems like there's a lot of the this whole entire situation with james harden has now potentially spilled over with joel Embiid. And uh, you know the uh, the thing that came up on on your sh- on your show earlier, Lou, that you that you asked everybody was is is this on Embiid or I mean I'm not Embiid is this on Harden or is this on Maury? I well, believe it's, it's on Harden. On the list. Well, yeah, I don't think it's on Embiid. I think I think if anything, okay. it's on Harden. Because yes. if you if you have a player that moves from team to team, and exactly. I mean let, let's face it, ever since he left Oklahoma City, he's never really well, with the exception of of Houston, he he's never really stayed in one place too long. So no it's loyalty. kind of almost like Ky, it's almost like Kyrie. Maybe the problem isn't isn't uh, management. Maybe the problem is the player. 
I think so because at some point, you know, he's he's become the next diva. You know, I thought you know Robin was was the biggest diva of all time. Well, and Kyrie, of course, is a close second. But uh, Harden, you know, yeah. he is one of the he is an NBA diva, and you know, I think he's just toying with the NBA. Well, let's see. I'm not happy here in Houston, Morris. I'm thinking of New Jersey. Nah, Jersey sucks. I'm gonna go um, across the turnpike and go to Philadelphia. Nah, I don't like Philadelphia anymore, so I'm gonna go someplace else. I'm gonna go to the LA Cut Up. Buy me Clippers. Then what's next? Well, I don't like the coach. I don't like the coach's sister or whatever. So uh, I'm gonna go uh, uh, out the Clippers and maybe I'll go up to uh, oh uh, Minnesota or whatever. You know, it's gotta be something else. I mean, he just doesn't quit. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be that fine. That's just the personality he has. Assuming he has personality. I got to tell yeah, you, I mean, they, they got to do something, I think, with Embiid. I think they got to do something with them. Well, obviously, you know, Harden, uh, there's a possibility. There is a real possibility that Harden may just sit out the entire season. Good. Sit and rot. I mean, what is he going to do? Sulk? Because you can't, oh, it's not 2K. Oh, tomorrow I want to be an Eagle. The next day I want to be a Cowboys. The next day I want to be a New York Giant. Like, what is this? You're contractually under contract. Uh, you can't draft yourself every day and become a player somewhere else. Like, it, Harden's tr- trying to turn it into a video game where he's trying to act like a, a god. I mean, it sets a terrible example to the whole league. Yeah, let him sit out. Let him uh, get overweight. Let yeah. him go sell wine and sushi over in China. Go play in China. Good, good luck. I mean, the NBA, will, if anything, will be, the, the NBA will be better without Harden. He's not a, he, he's not a good shining example. He won't go down no. the history books. Oh, my God, James Harden, remember that guy? I mean, he's, he's, he's an idiot. That's what he is. Yes. yes. Barkley says that he was a role model. Believe me, Harden is definitely not a role model. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean the, the thing is, uh, they do have no plans on trading him. Right now, good uh, as it stands, and let him go. Let him go. Let him, take him. His, let him go. Let him go. Sit in the corner. Let him go. Take his ball and we'll go home and just sit there. They don't have to trade him. So it, it, you know, it just it just seems to me like obviously this is a ploy by James Harden to try and get Philadelphia to do what he wants. Uh, it's obvious that. It appears, first off, that Harden's problem isn't being in Philadelphia. The problem is he wants a long-term extension. And Philly has basically been unwilling to even offer him anywhere close to a long-term extension. And he's like, okay, if you're not going to offer me a long-term extension, then trade me. Trade me to somewhere where I can get a long-term extension. This is a player I can't trust the guy. But I can't trust that guy anywhere. I mean, sorry, Steve, but, like, when he says something, like, do you really believe him? I, I feel like he's been trying to get out of Philly since he got – almost since he got there. He's been kind of angry. No, this isn't he's, something he's, that he, he wakes said. up angry. Yeah, this isn't something that he said, though. He, he didn't I mean, specifically I, gonna, say it himself. I, okay. I just can't trust Harden over, like, a long-time GM. You know, I, I just – Harden's got right. such a history of causing trouble. Sorry, he's not suddenly a choir boy, telling the truth. But also, also though, like uh, like a caller pointed out on Lou's show earlier, uh, Maury has that history with, involving China, if you remember. 
where, uh, with no. the, uh, the problems of NBA going to China and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, Maury's history isn't all that clean either. That's true. That's true. But uh, I think the thing, the thing that he pointed out, though, which kind of made me backtrack a little bit, was the fact that he did say that when Harden was acquired by Philly, that Daryl Morey was not the general manager at the time. And Morey came in after Harden was acquired. So, I mean, I can kind of see, okay, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to play for Morey because he's still dealing with the, uh, you know, he still remembers what Morey did to him in, in Houston. But yes, I just I mean, I always, you know, I, there's always got issues going on. There's always something going on that pisses James Harden off. He's just a disgruntled. He's just not a good person. He doesn't uh, play well with others. He's never kind of happy. So, so I don't know. I, good if you left happy trails. Good for you. I, I wouldn't wave goodbye. Right. And, you know, I'll say this, though. I think a decision does need to be made. If they do, if they do move on from James Harden and they don't sign an, if they don't sign him to an extension and they do ultimately trade him or maybe he just sits out, which even if he sits out, I believe he would still have to, he would still be under contract because he would still have to play uh, per the new CBA player. I believe I believe uh, in the new CBA that was signed that if a player holds out like Harden might do, uh, the team that he's on would still hold would still hold his contract until he fulfills that final those final remaining years of his contract. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do think though they're going to have to make a decision if they if they finally if they choose to move on from James Harden, they may have to decide whether or not to move on from Joel Embiid as well. And I hate I hate saying this because of the fact that you know Joel moving on from from Joel Embiid would be basically like Boston moving on from Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. But, but yeah, Joel Embiid is going to be seven footer. Joel Embiid's even on a level. I mean, more of a, I, I think, a more dominant player. I mean, Mr. Philadelphia. I mean, Tatum's incredible. Brown's really, really awesome. Right. He's kind of a step down. I mean, I think Embiid's a little bit superior, I think. Just because it's like, he's the closest guy to Jokic, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. And, t- dude, Tatum's first ballot Hall of Famer. I love Tatum and Brown. Trust me. I'm not slighting either one. But, I mean, to move on from Embiid, he's like the rare seven-footer, right? I mean, size always matters right. a little bit more than NBA. If you if you have an awesome guard and an awesome center, people usually go with the awesome center. That's all I'm saying. But, I mean, he's like Mr. Philly. Like, I can never see uh, Boston moving on from either one of those guys. Um, it would be a damn shame if they suddenly moved Embiid just because of yeah. – <laughs> Harden kind of rocked the boat and made everyone pissed off. I mean, maybe Embiid wants to go. I, they should just get another second great piece to go with Embiid. Because, I mean, the process well, the has been so long. They've waited 10 years. They went yeah. to Ben Simmons, Mark Holtz. Now it's like yeah. they get Harden. He messed up. Like 
Embiid's been waiting around for their second guy to help him, and now suddenly they're going to get rid of him. Uh, that would uh, that be that would be tough, but maybe uh, who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Well, the the reason why I bring that up is because he's going to be thirty in March. Yeah, you're yeah. you're basically reaching that point of he's a couple of years away from being in the Damian Lillard spot where it's like yeah. either you do something to build a team around me or trade me. And I don't think Philadelphia wants to be in the same situation that Portland is in right now. No. no. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it looks like uh, Harden told him, taught him how to be disgruntled. So here, here we are. Now maybe Embiid wants out too, or maybe they want to move him. I just, yeah. I mean, that's all speculation at this point, but. Yeah. I mean, they had that long-term, just trust the process. Every year, fans were pissed off. And then all, remember, they had so many draft picks, and now here we are. (laughs) Maybe Embiid's going to go. The whole process blew up. Possible. Yeah. Uh, Some other. Not looking like a good process right now. I mean, everyone's pissed off. The coach got fired. The coach got fired, and. And all those draft picks, they really didn't do much with them. I mean, they rebuilt for like no. 10 years, and now they got a pissed off MB. That's what they have. And Harden. And we do also have some other uh, some other tidbits around uh, the NBA as well. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, will miss the FIBA World Cup due to left knee surgery to clean up some to clean up some issues. Uh, so that will prevent him from representing Greece. Uh, in the World Cup. However, he did say that he does intend to play for Greece in the Olympics next summer, and he should be ready to go for the start of this upcoming season. Uh, also, Kristaps uh, Porzingis will officially miss the FIBA World Cup with a uh, plantar with plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. after consulting with both Team Latvia as well as uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, they decided to pull him from the FIBA World Cup. So uh, he will not be in the World Cup. And that actually digs a little bit deeper, though, because... No, we're not on soccer. We're on on basketball. Right. That's what people with soccer, not basketball. No, no. It's FIFA is soccer. FIBA is basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one. Uh, it's 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 basically a, a one le- a one letter difference. I don't know why yes. they decided right, to uh, why they decided to make it that confusing, but um, they decided yes. to make it just a one letter difference. Uh, but this may actually have longer. Uh, longer potential lingering issues for the Boston Celtics. In particular, a big man having plantar fasciitis, that's not a good look. I know. And Murray's out for Canada with his injuries. Yeah, but I mean... Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. But plantar is more long-term and lingering where really there's no rest and rehab. You can't just say, okay, he's out for three months. That can sit and linger forever. That's a really dangerous injury for a long-term career. Right. Yeah, for uh, exactly for a long-term for a long-term career. They do claim that he will be ready 
for the major, for for uh, for the NBA season though. So I don't know for life without but, for, for life without for life without Bud, the Greek freak. Well, apparently the plantar fasciitis must be mild enough to where uh, they just don't want him to risk playing in the World Cup uh, for Team Latvia and would rather save him for the regular season, maybe. Yeah, can't blame him. I mean, if he's they said it would be like it would be like four to six weeks or something. I think they said was the time frame. Yeah. And uh, Lou actually brought up, I I completely forgot about Jamal Murray. Uh, He's uh, withdrawn Team Canada due to citing a need for more recovery time after just winning the NBA title back in June. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had some tough injuries through the years, and he just grinded and stayed healthy, and he wants to stay healthy. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, he's a Toronto Raptor. No, no, he's a Denver uh, Nugget. No, he's a Denver, Denver Nugget. Okay, so why would he be playing for Canada in the first place? He's, he's a key Canadian born. He's Canadian born. Okay. Yeah, so if you're Canadian, if you're if you're born in a certain like say say you were born in the USA, uh, then you would play for Team USA. If you're born in Canada, you'd be Playing for Team Canada, basically okay. is how uh, However, is how it goes. There, was, there is a there is a player who was born in the states, but is also a natural citizen of China, and he's playing for China now. Remember, his mother was from Ethiopia, but his father was Chinese, so that makes him also a natural citizen of China. And yeah, yeah where we're we're if one parent's one and one's the other, he could play father. As long as he's a citizen of both. I mean, as Let's long as he has plenty. Uh, who was it? I, I forget, but it j- just recently happened. Are you talking oh, about okay. Jeremy Lin? No. Oh, no, just recent? Just, yeah, just about two weeks ago. Huh. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, oh, uh, Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, yeah. It says Kyle Anderson, a USA born, a US born player, will represent China uh, because he he is eligible for Chinese citizenship through his maternal great grandfather. So his great grandfather on his mother's side. Uh, yes. So, because obviously he wasn't good enough to represent Team USA, so that's why he's going. That's why he's representing China. Um, I get it. It is. It is unclear whether or not if he had to renounce his U.S. passport in the past, as China does not recognize dual nationality. So. Um, you know that's that's an entire other. That's an entire other scenario that he's going to have to potentially go through. I mean, just like I mean, just like me, because well, no, actually, I mean, I I am Italian. You know, my grandmother was born in Italy. I don't know if I'd be considered a national citizen, but you know, if I were to if I were to play for Italy, um, I think I would to represent to represent my uh, grandmother. Yeah, 
Of course, Ooh. dogs are alive, but. Oh, it looks like we have a player uh, down on the field at Lambeau Field. Isaiah Bolden of the New England Patriots is Uh-oh. immobile. Which they have the stretcher coming out. Which team? Green Bay. Packers. Green Bay. Okay. Packers. It looks like uh, Lambeau Field. Yeah. uh, On the initial, on the initial look, it looked like he got knocked out from a hit, but I don't know. It's they. He's immobile. It doesn't look like they haven't shown his. They haven't shown uh, anywhere close to his face whether or not he's responding. Okay. And there's no updates. Uh, yeah, it says a cart will be taking him from the field. Uh, yeah, moving over to the NFL. Speaking of the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots earlier this week signed Ezekiel Elliott to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million. In particular, uh, it's a $3 million base salary with a $1 million signing bonus, and that can, uh, it can basically bring his salary up to $6 million with incentives if he hits certain incentives uh, this season. Now, I know people are saying, well, the Patriots could have had Dalvin Cook, yada, yada, yada. Dalvin Cook was not leaving New York without a, without a contract. No. Which he ultimately, which he ultimately did end up playing. Dalvin Cook plays for? He's out playing uh, he's for the Jets. One of the best running backs. He plays for the Jets now. Okay. Yeah. One year, eight, one year $8.6 million, uh for Cook. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott, you know, I, I know a lot of people said, oh, Bill, Bill's not going to want to deal with that ego that uh, Elliott brings to the team. Belichick has actually been a big fan. He's been a big fan of Elliott pretty much uh, ever since Elliott came out of college. Yeah, but and one thing about Elliott's ego, didn't Tom Brady have an ego when he played for the Patriots? Yeah. Ah. Uh, no. uh, yeah. Okay, so okay, okay, okay. Then Lou, enlighten me. Enlighten me, Lou. Brady doesn't have an ego. He has an ego. Believe me. Well, all of them, all of the ones have an ego, but you know, some are more than others. And Brady, of course, has had uh, one for years. Um, we know that, of course, Rogers has an ego too. He's had one. You know, that's how does Brady have? How does Brady have it? What's an example of Brady? How does Brady have an ego? What's an example? Like, I, I haven't seen his ego. Really? I've seen it. He's so he's I mean, so I think he's a pretty, he's pretty good leader. I mean, I don't know. Rodgers is more of a diva than me. I don't think Brady has. I don't know. Rodgers is a diva, that's for sure. I mean, are you talking about the TV the 12 stuff diva, that he does? I think is a yes. What? Are you are you talking about the TB12 stuff that he did, and he had a he had his own personal trainer and whatnot? Yes. Uh, that I can kind of see. I can I can kind of see the argument for that because you know a lot of people were even saying, 
why the hell are we bending uh, to Brady for to allow Alex Guerrero to be uh, to be his 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 own basic his own personal trainer? And uh, Guerrero even tried to have a a co uh, a co sponsorship with the Patriots, and the Patriots basically said, "Yeah, no, we'll 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 allow you to come out on the field, but yeah, you're not going to do that." Um, yeah. However, though, I mean, this is a guy, this is a player who would give up money in order to allow the team to get better around him. So I don't know if you could really say that Brady has uh, has a legit, like a like one of the biggest egos in the NFL. But I mean, when it comes to biggest egos in the NFL. The biggest diva, I think, is Odell Beckham Jr. That's another that's another example right there. Now, I'll, is, I'll, that I'll is put a good it this way. Odell, Odell, that's a better that. example. That's a better example okay. is Odell Beckham Jr. Because, I mean, Brady wasn't somebody that would chase headlines. Like... Odell Beckham Jr. would or Ezekiel Elliott would. But regardless, though, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, it's better than what the Patriots had. The Patriots have Ramondre Stevenson as their lead back, but apart from Ramondre Stevenson, they don't have anybody else. I mean, their next best running back is Pierre Strong, who absolutely sucks. So after they <laughs> yeah, saw yeah. how much, after they saw how much he struggled in the first preseason game, a couple of days later they then signed Ezekiel Elliott. Mm. To granted, it was well, a one-year he, deal, he but well, and on the Patriots and he didn't stand with the Cowboys. Money. They got traded. Right. No, it was He's a free agent. They signed him. Yeah, it was. It wasn't money. It was the. It was the fact that because if it was money, yeah. he would have signed for more than six mil. They have a much better, right. younger, cheaper player, Tony Pollard. Okay. So Zeke okay. was out. They have a younger, better, cheaper Tony Pollard running back. So Zeke was kind of just out of the mix. They moved on. Yeah, Elliot is basically. He's no longer that number one type running back. He's basically a number two running back on a depth chart. Which is fine. You know, that's all that's all the Patriots want. All the Patriots want is depth. And Ezekiel Elliott provides that depth. Uh, I mean he had you know, one could one yeah. could make the argument that he could still have or he could have reached a thousand yards last year if Oh, what's going on here? Are they ending the game? Already? Wow. Oh, because of the injury? What game? Oh, they ended the game. Wow. What For game? That? Wow. The game with what the injury? Green Bay, Green, the, game, the game we're talking Green about, Bay. the injury. Yeah. Green Bay and Patriots. Green Bay, the, the Patriots and Green Bay, uh, they have decided to uh, to end the game. Oh, That's wow. been some major injury this player had. Yeah. 
saying. Did uh, anyone, yeah, that might, anyone be, have an that update might be a bad sign. The Bills player that got carted off the field? Well, he's uh, fine. He's playing. Well, wait, which which player? Uh, what's his name? I'll look it up. Are you talking about Hamlin? I think his last name is Carter. Playing. Carter. Oh. Hamlin. Am I right? Am I wrong? Mm. I'm looking up. Uh, Hamlin's playing again. Yeah, Ham. Oh no, Tommy Doyle. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, Another Tommy one. Doyle right. got carted off the field today. Uh, after Buffalo was being pummeled into the ground, twenty-four to nothing, uh, by uh, yeah. by Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if they ended that game. I don't. I think they were still playing. Last the last I had checked when yeah, we were going final. on the air here, they were still playing. Devin Yipin uh, is on this player, though. Like, why he was coming off the field? <laughs> leg injury. Oh, hang on. Leg injury. Yeah, yeah leg injury. Mm. They said they said it was some, it was some sort of leg injury, and he got car. No, they finished the game. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they finished the game. Okay. The Steelers won, won that game? 27, 27 to fifteen. Steelers. Okay. But I think yeah. the reason why they're clo- the reason why they're closing out the remainder of this game is because Bolden is still unconscious. There was no the, the, there was no sign of movement whatsoever from him. Uh-huh. Um basically he took a hit to the head from a teammate on a completed pass essentially is what happened. So it was uh I hate to call it friendly fire, but friendly fire. Yeah, the teammate got him. And, yeah, teammate got him. And uh Steve Burton, who is a reporter for WBZ out of Boston, uh reported that Bolden's Four. eyes were closed when he was taken off the field. So he is still unconscious. Yeah. Absolutely good terrible. call in the game. Good call. Well, actually, no. It says right now. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I, I read two different reports. One said that the game was over. One said the game was suspended. But it looks like the game is officially over now. So, okay. uh, yeah. Honestly, you know that is that is the right call to make, yeah. uh, especially considering we obviously you know he's still alive, but. Uh, after what happened last season with DeMar Hamlin and the injury that he had, or uh, how he practically died out there on the field, and, you know, the different reactions from from each of the players. Yeah. You know, the, the players probably aren't interested in resuming this game. No, not at all. I hate being run fellas, but I got to split because little brother needs me. But hopefully we'll be back again next week, same time, same station. Good night. All right, Lou. Well, thank you for joining us tonight.
We back. All righty. Uh, yeah, we do have uh, – so, you know, speaking of uh, the preseason, uh, Patriots do technically win this one 21-17, but obviously it's a shortened game, so it doesn't really count. Um, one takeaway I'll take away from this game, Tayshaun Boutte – uh, there is a legitimate chance that Boutte may make the opening day roster with this. Nice. Yeah, I heard good things about him. Yeah. There, from what I saw of him tonight, uh, two catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the longest uh, the longest catch he had was 42 yards. Uh, this guy has a chance to be explosive. If he is put in the right spot, he has Absolutely. the possibility yeah, I, to be I see him definitely making. I see him making the roster because right now it looks like it looks like there's a possibility they could go with either five receivers or six receivers, depending on what they decide to do. If they go with six, then it probably means that Demario Douglas is also going to make the team. Because right now, it seems like a battle for that final spot is, bet- is between Boutte and Douglas on that roster, unless they decide to go with six, with six receivers. But uh, some of the other notes, uh, Bailey Zappi, uh, less consistent this game, but he did have better stats, 117 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Mac Jones... Six of nine for 52 yards. He got sacked twice for 20 yards. Uh, I got to tell you, from what I've seen out of this team, the offense was better this week. This wasn't the Matt Patricia offense that we saw last week. However, if the the offensive line is going to play like this starting this year, where Trent Brown is going to act like he doesn't give a fuck, whatsoever out there on the field uh, literally the first penalty if, if there was a bet on who would take the first penalty in this game taking Trent Brown immediately because that's it's almost basically a given that he will that he will commit the first penalty every single game for the Patriots and it was that's of right. course a false start yeah once they have their eye on me too I'm- now he's marked. The refs are looking at him. But the reason why Mac Jones got basically massacred was because Andrew Stuber proved that he is not an NFL starting guard and uh, couldn't handle the pass rush, which basically uh, steamrolled into Mac Jones because of that. And caused Mac Jones to actually fumble the ball and it got recovered by, uh, by Green Bay as a result. Uh, however, you know, we didn't really see that much out of the starters. Juju Smith-Schuster didn't really do much. Devontae Parker only got targeted once. Same as Hunter Henry. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it in the game. Good insight, though. I didn't see it in the game, but, yeah, I mean, you just named some good names, man. I mean, look at the resumes. Juju Smith, very talented. Obviously, Hunter Henry was one of the best tight ends coming out of Jim's team, Arkansas. I mean, they have the talent. Some of them haven't done it yet on the pro level, but, I mean, 
I don't know. What's your prediction overall for the Patriots, you think, as far as wins, Steve? I just want to, I in my to opinion, that. in my yeah. opinion, I would say that I would say their ceiling is ten and seven. If I'm being realistic, I, can see I that. think if Matt comes he, up big, their D is going to be really good. Yeah, maybe they have an outside shot at eleven and six, but a lot of things would have to go right in order for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, however. Forever. Yeah, it, it all depends on uh, on just exactly how different this offense is with all the starters, uh, with Bill O'Brien calling the plays as opposed to Matt Patricia. From what I saw tonight, I liked the result tonight from the offense. Um, obviously, it's I mean, much more spread new, out. New play calling, right? I mean, there's a lot of potential right. there. They could have a good time on this year offensively. Now, obviously, the injury to Mike Gesicki is sort of complicating things because Bill O'Brien was wanting to do a two-tight end package uh, unless he decides to bring in Matt Sokol for, uh, to, to uh, complete the, uh, the tight end packages. Gesicki's an interesting Which, guy, man. He was incredible in college. He was so highly touted. And, uh, Dolphins kind of just mismanaged them. They'd go to him, and then they'd disappear for four or five weeks. The guy's got a lot of talent. Yeah, but from what, I, from what I saw, I also saw tonight uh, Kendrick Bourne. It looks like Kendrick Bourne may be, Matt, may be Mac Jones' favorite target. Three catches for 34 yards on four targets, uh, his longest one being for 17. So I think Kendrick Bourne is officially out of the doghouse, uh, which, I mean, it's about damn time. If he was used a lot more last year, maybe perhaps. Uh, this would be different. Uh, by the way, it looks like Clay has been suspended now, according to – so the game isn't done, but it's been suspended. Oh, gotcha. Is what they're saying. So although I don't know, maybe maybe perhaps uh, – may, maybe perhaps they do officially finalize it, but um, – it's not like because uh, when they when they just uh, turned off the uh, the broadcast, it said play suspended. Interesting. So maybe maybe that's just their way of. Okay, yeah, I guess the game is over. So I, I guess because it's not in the regular season, uh, they're just considering it suspended because it's not a full a full game basically. Yeah, I mean, in that case, especially with a drastic injury like that, especially even, I mean, any time of the year, it's horrendous, right? But preseason, yeah, call the game. Yeah. It's definitely not worth it. Got to gotta pause that. Right and there. also, big event. and also the Patriots also lost Trey Nixon earlier in the game, too, which honestly, it looked like he broke his arm. If I'm being brutally honest, it looked like he broke his arm, the way his arm was positioned, but I could be wow. wrong. Um, Most injuries of so any sport. That was, Eagles, the, that was their guys. second injury. Yeah, I mean, it's the old, the old argument. I mean, damn if you do, damn if you don't. You want the guys to get reps, but you hate seeing people get injured. In football, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a question. I mean, people are going to get injured the more they play. 
right. it's a tough call. I mean, how much do you play the guys? You want to see the guys perform and learn the system and show out if they're rookies or undrafted guys. But, I mean, there's a lot of fringe guys that are getting – a lot of important key injuries going on already. I mean, the Jets aren't even playing Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, at all, just to give you an example. Uh, yeah, the, Je- the Jets finished up uh, losing 13-6 to to the Buccaneers tonight. They did not play Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they played Tim Boyle and they played Zach Wilson tonight. That's just... And in particular, uh, it was actually a good showing for Kyle Trask on Tampa's side. Uh, 218 yards, one touchdown uh, on 20 completions on 28 attempts. Uh, for New York, Tim Boyle, 13 of 24, 106 yards and a pick. Uh, Zach Wilson went 9 for 13 for 70 yards, and he also ran twice for 41 yards. So safe to say Wilson's going to be the backup. Uh, I don't think they give it to Boyle because it seems like Boyle played played third string minutes tonight. Yeah, the sense I get just listening to them a lot on the fan and stuff, just being in the New York area, I mean, I think you sent it. Most people sent it too. It's it's almost a relief. They're they're gonna they're, they have to keep him because he was a highly cited draft pick, Zach Wilson, and they're tied into him for so much money. But it's almost better now. Right. He gets to step he gets to step back and hopefully learn under Rodgers. I mean, if you can't learn under him, you know it's like a second a second life for uh, Wilson for a, for a two, unless a big injury happens this year, he's basically gonna just watch for two years. He might still be able right. to turn around his career even even as a Jet. He might still be legit long term. Outside shot, possibly. I mean, otherwise, I mean, he would I mean, have to get the Sam. He would have been a backup. So he would have to he get the been Sam Darnold treatment again. That's true, but I, I mean, either way, honestly, I don't think Zach Wilson, if he had left or been cut or been traded, I don't think he could be a starter right now for anyone. So it's almost like he bought no. two years to kind of learn and get out of the shadow. I mean, he he looked terrible under a lot of pressure. I mean, they threw him into the fire right away. He had like one good year at BYU. Come on. He wasn't ready. Right. Yeah, I, d- I doubt he would be. I doubt he would be a starter anywhere. Honestly. Yeah, um, he really didn't, didn't show much that was positive. So it's it's almost a blessing for his career. He can kind of take a time and out. As far and as, far as, as, uh, as far as New York's uh, starters, uh, really didn't really see much. Uh, Alan Lazard had a catch for 16 yards. McCall Hardman only only had two catches for seven yards. So right. they got it, looks like they, it looks like the Jets mainly played their backups on offense. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I mean, you'd like to eventually – I heard some rumblings that they might play Rodgers like literally like maybe half of the first quarter in their final preseason. They need a little bit of a dress rehearsal, a, a couple minutes of it. Like, you know, it's right. different than practice, obviously different than hanging out in right. practice. So you'd like to see him get a little bit used to it, but I don't know. Personally, I'd like to, I, I'd play them if I was Salah and kind of running the playing time. Would you, would you start a couple of the veterans or just keep everyone on the sideline? I would start the veterans. Uh, what I would do Last is game. I would start the veteran. I would start the veterans. And if there are players that you're looking at, for potential final spots, I would also play those players uh, quite a few minutes as well. Like, for example, with the Patriots, you know, uh, I would probably see the Patriots play like Kayshawn Boutte and uh, Demario Douglas more extended minutes. Uh, 
considering they're in competition right now, final one or two roster spots on uh, on the team. So, I mean, it really all depends. It all depends on the situation. Uh, we also saw the Browns and Eagles go to a tie at 18 oh, yeah. points apiece. I didn't even know that was possible in the preseason. Yeah. I think it was almost mercy for the Eagles. They were lucky to tie it late. Uh, one thing, just being a big Eagles fan, I mean, obviously everything's pretty much done if Hurts goes down. But even the – I mean, the, the goal of any team, I would think, Steve, if your star quarterback goes down, you want to have a backup that could win a couple games, right, for like a month to kind of keep right. it afloat. But, I mean, Mariota looked right. awful. I actually, I actually did watch some of that game, and he was missing guys wide open. It was like the worst Mariota. Like, all the negatives you've heard through the years, he went right back to being yeah. that. So, I don't even know if they can trust him as a backup. They have a rookie Stanford quarterback, Tanner McKee, that looked a lot better, 6'6", righty, more like traditional, back, like not a typical Eagles quarterback lately, just like a, a pocket guy. He might, he's probably the backup in Philly right now for what it's worth. Uh, I don't know. You know, what's probably – well, I mean, every every team is going to carry they bring back, three they bring back quarterbacks. They might, yeah, it's true. And the thing is, Marcus Mariota, I think, may stay simply because of his contract. Oh, I like Mariota a lot. I like watching Oregon. I've always been intrigued. They always have a fun offense in college, and I always like being an Eagles fan, too. I love athletic quarterbacks. So I thought that was, he was a great addition. I, I think he's definitely legit as a backup. He showed flashes, you know, through the years. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just did not look good Thursday. You never want to define a guy's career by, like, one or two bad games. But, I mean, in his debut with Philly, he, he did not look like a good backup. So, hopefully he turns it around. Right. Uh, one thing I did notice, I think Trey Sermon may take Boston yeah. Scott's spot. Yeah, and they have – they added – they still have Gainwell. I mean, obviously not like a – Huge name, but a, a good court, a good running back. And then they have um, – now they have Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. And then, like you said, they still have Boston Scott and Trey Sermon. That's five backs. They'll keep yeah, I think, they like, I think they Boston like Scott. Scott will be the odd man out. Yeah, it's going to come – it's definitely going to come down to Sermon and Scott. The other three are locked. Penny, Swift, Gainwell, they're already locked. That's it. I mean, that's a, that's a really good right. backfield. Yeah. That's a great they – they, those are five legit backs. I mean, they just – from punt returns to, like, some of the big plays through the years, he's kind of like a team leader. You know what I mean? I think Scott's safer. He's more like a long-term eagle. That's the problem with for Sermon. Sermon's kind of the guy in the bubble, if that makes sense. Scott's made some yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah, it does. But he's played some huge plays through the years. And he plays special – you know, he can do a punt return. Thurman's, you know, just a running back. Looking good, but right. he doesn't I, have kind of that – he doesn't have that, you know, long-term reputation being, a, being an eagle. So he's kind of on the outside a little bit. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, though. I think, you know, if if you're looking at production – Talent-wise, it's just Thurman. Ta- pure talent, I agree. Thurman. But Scott's kind yeah. of got that longevity, kind of that – he's been an eagle for a while. So kind of – maybe that's a, that could be a pro for him, a benefit. Right. I mean, that would be the one thing that may be keeping Boston Scott around potentially is the fact that he is, uh, you know, he's been an eagle pretty much his entire career so far. Um, yeah, long term. 
But for the most for the most part, though, you know, I think you know somebody talked earlier on Lou's show about uh, about injuries and whatnot. The Eagles are going to be fine. I think the Eagles will be fine uh, despite the injuries that they've had to that they've had to deal with. Uh, so far this off season, I think I think the Eagles will be fine. I'd be surprised, uh, considering the depth that they have. I would be very surprised if uh, the Eagles end up taking a step back. And matter of fact, you know, no, I, I mean earlier dude, they've, well, added, they've they've added Jalen Carter, um, a couple different defenders. No, I'm sorry, man. They've lost literally none of the key impact players, and a guy like Jalen Hurts. After, like, another year of development, a lot of their best players are young. Devontae Smith is young. Uh, they added two really good running backs in Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. They still have the entire offensive line is still the same. No one left. I mean, I don't, how do the Eagles take it? The way they take a step back maybe a little bit is just because their schedule. You know what I mean? It's a lot tougher this year. But, I mean, talent-wise, maybe a little better. I don't even know. Still, still a top team. You know, I would still – have the Eagles as probably one of the team, one of the top teams that I think that could potentially still, you know, make it back to the make it back to the Super Bowl. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. And again, I'm not to harp on it. Just being an Eagles fan, not to drown it out. But I mean, honestly, they they're they're hungrier players as long as they stay healthy. I mean, again, guy like Hurts. I mean, that guy just gets better. Like he works his ass off every day. You know, he's gonna be back. Yeah. He's gonna be kicking butt. He's going to be probably awesome this year. I mean, he's a great young leader. So I mean, a lot of those guys yeah. in Philly, they're going to they're going to be even better next year. A lot of those young players, they're a really good nucleus. So we'll see. You know, yeah, cheap until they do. Uh, I mean, you look NFC. You're looking at San Fran, maybe Dallas. I mean, the top teams out there. Some of those franchises are rebuilding. The NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC, where you have all those quarterbacks. So they're the favorite in the NFC, I right? Think. Uh, some of the other finals, some of the other finals from around the league. Uh, last night we had the Giants with the, with a twenty-one to nineteen win over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Falcons and Bengals tied at thirteen. Uh, the Jaguars twenty-five to seven over the Lions. Uh, oh, oh for we're into today's games now. Is Burrow healthy again? Sorry, uh, you mentioned the Bengals. I meant to ask you, is Burrow any updates on him, or is he still out? Uh, I believe he is still out. Yeah, he's still out. But he did report uh, to training camp, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's everything for the Bengals. They, they go as far as he goes. Yeah, however, he did not it – sa- it says he did not travel to Atlanta for the Falcons game, so. Yeah. Let him rehab and rest. But, but it does look like, uh, I mean, Zach Taylor did say that he's different, basically. Uh, and he, sa- he said, I feel good about the progress he's making right now. When he was uh, talking, when he appeared on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week. Um, yeah. It sounds like maybe he may he may be on track to start the year. It's just remarkable. Real quick, going back to uh, just something randomly that I mentioned before, like 
looking at the talent for the NFC versus the AFC, I've never seen, I don't know about you, Steve, but, like, the conference right now in the AFC is so loaded with uh, with quarterbacks. It's just, like, just to get out of the AFC is an absolute absolute battle because you have five legitimate teams now. I mean, the Jets are going to be legit, I think. But you already have Burroughs, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Herbert. I mean, the AFC is just loaded right now. I think Mac Jones could get up there, too, eventually, if, if they really start clicking on all cylinders. Right. I mean, Joe, you know, Jones definitely has the arm. He definitely yeah, has he the arm to put up. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, he had a beauty of a throw to Parker tonight. Just Par- Parker just missed the catch. Um, but he had an absolute beauty. It's, it's, it's a catch that Parker should have made, basically. Um, he definitely has the arm. If he takes the next step, I mean, that their team is going to go as far as he goes. So, you know, they're going to follow his example. Yeah. I think maybe he turns around this year and they really have a good year. You know, they have the defense and, you know, they still have Belichick. So anything's possible. Yeah, definitely. Anything's, anything's possible uh, considering where everything's at right now. Uh, by the way, there is no update on Isaiah Bolden after um, – after being taken out, but uh, Belichick said basically that everybody's saying a prayer for him right now, um, and how he appreciates he appreciates the league. Uh, how the oh, we do have an update actually. Uh, Patriots PR Stacy James informed uh, Dan Roach from WBZ TV that Bolden does have feeling in his extremities. So not uh, it looks like he it looks like he is awake. Says it yeah, says I mean, that he does have feelings. He's wiggling his fingers, and that means he's not gonna be paralyzed. By that, I'm pretty sure, which is great. Right. It said he had feeling in, in all of his extremities, but he has been taken to a local hospital for further tests and observation. So what I'm guessing is I'm guessing a concussion. Okay. Good. I That's mean, good. what I'm I'll could have been a lot worse. Good. Yeah, it definitely could have been. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, judging by the hit. Uh, let's see some other finals from tonight. Uh, the Dolphins twenty-eight to three over the Texans. I got to tell you, C.J. Stroud. Uh, yeah, we may have another one of those cases of a potential number one bust. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, that's definitely it. That it. A lot of call it. I mean, we've seen it, Steve. I don't, I don't know. Just, I think you're probably referring quarterbacks. I mean, coming out, think about guys like that. A lot of those guys are system quarterbacks. Uh, there have been a couple Ohio State quarterbacks that have busted. That's one of my points. Um, uh, sometimes those guys have number one, Terry Glenn or. or um, I mean, the number one, some of the number one wideouts for the uh, Buckeyes have been so elite. You know what I mean? It's like they're coming from such a good program. A lot of them bust out. I mean, right. yeah, to me, Stroud, he had Najigba, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's still in college. He'll be the top wideout next draft, without a doubt. Um, probably top three player. He's like a Randy Moss. They had him and Najigba, and, I, don't, I mean, every year you see the drafts. There's five or six, seven or eight or nine Buckeyes in the first two rounds, every draft. 
it's like an NFL team in a college playing against some sometimes really weak opponents. So yeah, he put up monster stats as a Buckeye, but again, takes a lot more to show show up on Sundays. I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's because it's just the preseason, but he, he was shaky he's, I mean, he's, he's brand new. He's brand new, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's he's just raw. He, I don't care if you're a four-year starter or an 18-year-old prodigy. I mean, first time in the NFL, even preseason, he's not going to come in and throw 40 four TD passes right away. But yeah, he's definitely no sure thing. I always, I'm, I think Bryce Young will be like a good, good leader. You know, fringe pro bowler. I, this draft for Cubius to me wasn't like the best draft that I've seen. Chad was definitely overrated. Yeah, I mean, he was shaky Levis. against New England, Levis. and overrated. tonight, yeah. t- tonight he went seven of twelve for sixty yards, which I guess is fine for the preseason, but yeah, you know, it just it it doesn't seem like weak. he's. It doesn't seem like he's progressing like a number one pick should. Yeah, they're not ready to like jump off the cliff, but it's not not the not the the output right now that they were kind of dreaming of that they were planning for when they when they selected him that high. I mean, when is yeah. that man? If these guys aren't future quarter franchises, I mean, some of these teams making these picks are making these picks for several years. Maybe it's the way they're being run. You know what I mean? Like, you can't force someone right. Just because you have a top five pick, you can't say, okay, this guy's automatically going to be a future franchise quarterback. It doesn't work like that. There's only so many Andrew Lux or, you know, even, you know, Herbert and guys like that. I mean, look at Levis. He dropped – Levis dropped royally out of the first round. I mean, this wasn't a great QB draft, and so you can't draft for need just because of the quarterback from Ohio State. I'm still not sold on Justin Fields. Uh, I know he's got a lot more weapons, but – the Ohio State pedigree for quarterbacks, the, the record book is not a pretty one for quarterbacks. No, it isn't. In the NFL. Uh, yeah, it doesn't do, translate much. We, we, do have a, uh, we do have a couple of games still underway right now. Uh, Denver 20-18 to 18 over San Francisco with about two minutes left. I got to say, though, San Francisco, all three of their quarterbacks are playing. Brock Purdy officially played today. Trey Lance, uh, Trey Lance uh, went for 116 yards with a touchdown and a pick, and Sam Darnold went for 109 yards with a touchdown and a pick. Brock yeah. Purdy went four of five for 65 yards. So it uh, looks like Brock Purdy is 100%. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I saw what everyone saw at the NFC Championship game. I mean, if Purdy plays, I still think the, the Eagles scored 40 points on them. Their defense is overrated. I, I, I don't know about three young quarterbacks buying it out if they are if they have Super Bowl on their mind. And trust me, I mean, the Niners are an incredibly talented team, obviously a great tradition. But, I mean, I don't know if those guys, one of those guys is going to hoist the, hoist the Lombardi. I mean, Lance has been a bust. Donald, come on. He busted years ago several times. So it's basically Purdy. How do you think? Do you think Purdy could win it all? Is he awesome? Or I mean, he's just—it's hard to tell. I mean, what are your thoughts on Purdy? Is he—is he the guy? First of all, I mean, it's possible. He's the starter. It's possible. He's that, be from what? From yeah, yeah. Purdy is Purdy is the starter. From what I saw out of Purdy last year, I think it's the right move. You know, I probably. Even if Garoppolo was still on this team right now, I would probably go with Purdy over Garoppolo. 
Interesting. Yeah, just I like based Jimmy off too, of everything yeah. I saw last year. Yeah, I like Jimmy, but yeah, you're right. He's got a birdie has got a slight edge, I think. It's tough. I mean, he hasn't shown it, but he hasn't had the chance yet. So maybe he is the next guy that late traffic. I'll. Uh, I mean, there's only one of Brady, but you know, stories like that can happen. Late round pick or undrafted. I mean, he was really talented in college. A lot of people were shocked that he didn't get drafted higher. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as Denver goes, uh, Jarrett Stidham has been putting up quite a uh, quite a showing in the preseason here so far. Uh, I would not be surprised if somehow he starts over Wilson, considering how poorly Wilson played last year. I mean, it's... Uh, well. it's it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that uh, about a uh, about a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I don't think I've seen such uh, such a regression like we've seen out of Russell Wilson. Yeah, and some people are saying, "Look, he'll, he'll bounce back." You know, I mean, I was perplexed. I was shocked, just like you were last year, Steve. I mean, all that hoopla, and now yeah, Sean Payton, Mister Ego. You know, I'm the I'm you know self-appointed guru. He thinks he's the shit. Now he's in the mix. Oh, I can I can turn him around. Trust me, Russell's not done yet. Well, if he falters and and falls down again, the first month they might. Get, I mean, you can't really get rid of him. He's making mucho money, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they might pull him. I don't know. He didn't look good at all last year. Right for sure, not good at all. He looked terrible last year. By the way, this is just official. Inter-Miami has won the first ever League's Cup over Nashville FC in penalty kicks. Ten penalty kicks to nine. So Lionel Messi comes in. Lionel Messi comes in, and all of a sudden, Inter-Miami is now winning. That's remarkable. Such a quick turnaround right there. Yeah, I mean, he's re-energized the entire team. I mean, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think. Uh, I, don't think the, I don't think the math is there for, uh, for them to make a playoff run. But, um, but a great resurrection, nonetheless. I mean, they've really shown a great turnaround. Yeah, they've now completely turned. Just the addition of Messi has completely turned around that team. He is literally... When he he is he is that team right now. Remarkable. <laughs> Otani, they went all in, Steve, as we know. Yeah, it was like, okay, now they're getting everyone back healthy. They're losing right now to Tampa Bay at home. Fifteen to one. Los Angeles. The Los Angeles. Jesus. Yeah, that, that dream is dead. My God. I mean Shohei Shohei's uh looking at real estate. A couple of different states. Yeah, uh, they're getting blundered. That, that just makes blundered. it all the more perplexing. It makes it all the more perplexing as to why they even decided to go out and be buyers. Dude, you remember the me, especially me and Lou. But you agreed too a couple of weeks. I was saying no way, no way, and then I was like, yes, you know what? They're showing signs of life. They had Kron, Mustakis, Grichuk. They literally added like seven. 2015 All-Stars, <laughs> which is hilarious. 
they would put like a Yankee, like they had like five new Yankee style players, just like older people who were a lot better five years ago. <laughs> and now it's just totally blown up. They won the first game of the doubleheader last night, uh, this morning, sorry, this afternoon. So Tampa's about to take two out of three. I think it's a four game set, but I mean, every, every game right now is paramount for the Angels. I yeah, mean, they're it would just be in the four pre- games. They're I in think. the pressure cooker right now, and their bullpen's blown up a couple times. I mean, time's running out. O- Otani's m- m- probably hitting the road. I mean, 80, 80 yeah. 90% chance. Right 90% chance, I think. If they make the playoffs, 50-50 at best. They, they can't lose games, though. They're losing 15-1 to at home right now. By the way, um, let's go over to New York for a second. Uh, I think it's become abundantly clear that this Yankees team has just completely checked out. Yeah, I I think it's become abundantly clear. A lot of people were saying quietly that, I mean, the slow, unathletic, no defense. They're the second-worst team runners in scoring position. Uh, The A's are worse. They've gotten two hit and three hit, I think, like five times each this year. They just got two hit what two or three hits today against Boston at home. Two hits Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon home game. I mean, come on. That that usually they can they can blow up a little bit. I mean, they're just dead in the water right now. They're totally dead. I mean, they did my, nothing at the death. My God, their 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 minor league farm system is bottom ten in the in the in the in the league as well. They're really not set up well like right now or in the little league. They have no future either. I mean, they're depleted of talent in the minors. It's it's like I was watching Little League today with what I was seeing. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton going golfing. I wasn't sure if I was watching golf or if I was watching baseball when he was up to bat. Oh, deplorable. And then when he actually makes contact, he's like hitting 190 as a cleanup hitter. Yeah, as a proud Yankee team. Just a terrible lineup. But, uh, yeah, Stanton won't even run to first base. He, like, walks and jogs sometimes. I mean, what a ter- that was one of the, that was one of the worst moves they made. Bryce Harper wanted to go to the And then we had uh, Cashman got Stanton instead of Bryce Harper. Good job, Cashman. And then we had and then we had uh, we had Greg Allen lose the ball in the sun out there in left field, which allowed a run to come in and score uh, very late in the game. And I believe, I think it was, it wasn't Torres. Who was it that misplayed a ball that ended up scoring a run? It was either Kiner, Felipe, or it was Volpe that ended up misplaying a ball, allowing the run to score. It it doesn't exactly sound like the same as saying, like, it was Bernie Williams or Paul O'Neill. Or, you know, I mean, this lineup is, come on, Kiner, Felipe, or Volpe. (laughs) And Volpe is, like, their youngest, like, best piece. Uh, Volpe, yeah, he's getting like 200. Good for him. Uh, Boston, I mean, last I missed him. And the Mets, sorry, they're both dead in the water right now. But the Mets, totally, they have a good system now. The Yankees have no minor league talent. I mean, Luis Luis Urias, who was touted as as Heim Bloom's big acquisition at the trade deadline, he hit his second. He hit his second grand slam in as many at bat. Uh, he had last played against Washington, where the final at bat of that game, he hit a grand slam. The very first pitch he saw today against Garrett Boom. Cole was a grand slam. The guy we and crashed last first, week. I'm guilty, so are you. We both were like, we thought it was trash. Yeah, he, he, he's on fire now. Go for it. 
Yeah, he's the first player. I, ju- I just wanted to, to give a, uh, a little tidbit. Yeah. Player since Jimmy Fox to do that. Oh, that's lethal. That's legit. <laughs> to have back-to-back, back, and I think that Dude. was back in like the 40s or 50s, I think it was. Oh, yeah. That Jimmy Fox the did man that. Of that era. Yeah, I mean, we've heard the lore. Obviously, we didn't see him, but uh, yeah, apparently the guy's totally legit back then. Total legend. But yeah, I mean, the Sox have channelized you for years, man. They're, they're back in it. You were smelling it a little bit this week, but I mean, what better way to remedy your uh, woes than go into the Bronx and just hammer the Yankees? And I'm telling you, the, the Orioles are doing it now. The Rays for years, the Rays for the last five years, go in and sweep the Yankees or win two out of three. I mean, the Yankees getting owned by a lot of their AL East teams. And the entire AL East, team by team, is much younger with better farm systems. Both of those. Yeah. I mean, look at the Yankees. LeMayhew, Rizzo, done, done. Donaldson, done. Look at their farm system. They have no – I don't think any top 40 prospects. Um, no, I feel bad Volpe, for Judge. Volpe is the I best feel, young player. I feel, I, Torres. Feel bad, I feel bad for Judge. Torres. Yeah, Judge is signed back up. I mean, Torres is trash. The guy doesn't hustle at all. He's like a bias. Torres is like a Javier bias. Torres is a total head. And they just all swing. Stanton is Stanton – is, let's talk about washed. He's an, he's an insult to the Yankee tradition. He doesn't even run to first. Yeah. I mean, that lineup is dreadful. You know, I feel I feel bad for Judge though because he signed that massive yeah. contract this off season. He, he did it to himself. I mean, either way, the guy's set for life. But yeah, I mean, could have gone to San Fran. Would have been probably would have been a better team. Uh, if even Sterling and uh, Susan on the Yankees broadcast today on Yes Network, they were saying I was listening in the afternoon to the game when I first got home this afternoon during Lou's show, and they were saying it, it makes you wonder. The Yankees won what ninety something games last year. Was last year the aberration, or is this year the like? Which one was the outlier? Like, which one was true, and which one's which one's the real Yankee team, and which one's not? And even John Stone, right. the Yankee homer announcer, even John Stone, the God, awesome, he hasn't missed a game in like thirty-five years. The Yankees announcer, he's like, well, it looks like last year was the aberration. He's like, this team has not looked good for over a year, and they're old and like oh, broken yeah. down. They're not as fiery. That means Justin Turner, those guys, like they play harder. Sucks to have that edge too. The Rays, they go hard every play. The Yankees are just kind of like sleepwalking. Yeah, they're just they're just done. I mean, honestly, here's what I'll say about the Yankees. Judge obviously Judge is their best player. He's not uh, a leader. He's not a captain. He's the captain. He's not a leader though. They don't really have a leader. They don't have a fiery guy who Volpe, gets that in front though, of them. Volpe, I think you have to. I think I think you have to be patient with Volpe because yeah, that's true. He has the power. He has 16 homers. He has 47 RBIs. His problem is he doesn't have the contact. He doesn't have a consistent bat as of now that he'll provide consistent hits. He needs yeah, to get. Right. He needs to focus on uh, getting on base, basically. Contact. If he can Smart, do yeah, that, then. If he could do that, then he then you have the full package. He could be an all-star if he stays disciplined. Great, great observation, Steve. And I'll say this about that: I mean, you are who you surround yourself with. A young, impressionable person. He just joined the Yankee team, and he's watching Donaldson before he randomly got injured. He was such a bust. I mean, just literally like hitting like 120 with like 10, 10 home runs and 12 RBIs. Just a ridiculously bad stat line. And he they he basically got disappeared. They made him injured. 
And then he's also learning from Stanton, uh, Torres. They don't hustle. I mean, they just swing all or nothing. You're right. They don't play any small ball. So hopefully Volpe (laughs) doesn't learn too much from his current teammates. Because that whole lineup chases. They don't get on base. They They don't produce, you know, with men on second or third. It's just a dead lineup. It's all locked yeah. up. So LeMahieu? Besides Volpe. He's totally done. Yeah, and LeMahieu, I am, I am stunned that in recent years, in, in recent years, I'm stunned at the at the steps back that LeMahieu has taken since 2019. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, I mean, he's gone off a virtual cliff. He really has, and that's a proud, like, talk about consistent even at remember even out of course i mean the guy won a batting title when he left colorado so he proved he's always been yeah. legit i think it's i think injuries and he seems like he's a hard worker like a good guy not like a random head case so it's like i think just well he is also injuries. 35 though he is getting up there. that's it and you had a lot of injuries but that adds like you know that makes him feel even older unfortunately i mean yeah he's he's end of the road rizzo's in and out of the lineup he's kind of shot he's, he's up and down that lineup he's dead wood but Stanton, though, I mean, Stanton has basically turned into Chris he's Davis. He's a negative. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they hit him clean up every day. I mean, Boone is definitely not being good either. I've, I've changed my, my stance, though. It's not really his fault because he's been dealt his hand. I mean, at the end of the day, especially in baseball, right? They're not really calling plays. It's not like football or basketball. I mean, in baseball, right. Steve, the manager gets that, the, that set of players, and there's a lot of rumblings that they're one of the teams where the front office, like, Dickhead Cashman is kind of like, oh, that guy should start in left field tomorrow, not this guy. He kind of gets the scorecards, the, the, the lineup cards filled out for him, if you know what I mean. So they're, yeah, they're kind of being driven in the ground. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? Same thing with you, Cora you, and you know, you've, got, you've got mail. This is your starting center fielder today. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for yeah. I'm going yeah, to choose like the, the same thing. It's the same thing with Cora and Heim Bloom as well. And actually, a lot what of people that? believe. Yeah, he's getting it from upstairs. I mean, what did I say? Uh, more times than not, I'm wrong, but I nailed – I've been telling you, Duran, just watching those socks, he's one of their best players. He should be playing every day. I mean, there's certain things Cora would do differently if he wasn't getting instructed from upstairs. I would hope. Well, I think with, I think, I think with I Duran, I think, part of, I think part of it is he's also dealing with mental health issues right now. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. That's different yeah. than uh, not being able to hit a lefty. That's that's the knock I usually had on him. Like Cassis was more, you know, you want to start him against a righty. Yeah. Now it's you know it's just basically he was dealing with mental health issues last year as well, and we saw how bad oh, I didn't he know played last year. Um, I remember that too. He's just a top prospect, and he runs hard. He's a really graceful like. You know, you know what I mean? He just looks like an awesome center fielder. The way he moves, he's a really talented yeah. guy. I sense there was something going on with him. But um, I, I think hopefully, you know, in a perfect world for the Sox, if they move forward and add guys like Mayer and uh, Raphael up from the minors, they have a bright future. Hopefully, Duran and Cassis can prove to be you – know, I just hate guys platooning like the Rays. I mean, hopefully they can be everyday players. Because, I mean, I think Cassis and Duran are two of the, you know, best young guys coming up coming up that they have. Yeah, it's, you know, there's definitely bright. It's looking bright for Boston right now uh, when it comes to the future. I mean, obviously, Duran, 
uh, as long as he can continue to develop right, you know, he should, I mean, obviously he's, he should be fully developed because he's up in the majors, but as long as he can contain that, he can maintain that confidence coming off of this season. I mean, he's literally, I've said it multiple times on this show before, he's literally becoming Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, a, a taller, probably more graceful version. I mean, I remember Ellsbury is a little more compact. Like, Duran just looks, looks, looks the part. I don't know, prototype, five-tool type guy. Feels, runs, great arm, range. It, it was more upstairs with him. If he solves the, the mental aspect out long-term, he could be a star. Now, the only thing I'm, I, I am hoping that uh, there's another, another young star on, on here, Connor Wong who hit his seventh homer uh, of the year today off of uh, Garrett Cole. I am hoping Kermit. and praying. Yeah, Kermit, basically. The Kermit, um, the, the, human pin, the human pinata in the Bronx getting beat every, every start now. Well, let's just put it this way. At this stage in his career, Garrett Cole is the bitch of the Boston Red Sox. Oh, it's, on, it's been confirmed. Every time yeah. Because every time Boston faces him, they rock him. They absolutely yeah, they let his world rock him. They let him on fire, dude, without abandon, yeah. with no fear, no 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 worry about consequences. They just rock him every time. He's a pinata. You know what I'm looking at though? When I'm looking at this at this Red Sox team, the problem is not the hitting. The problem no. is the pitching. starters. I think starters. Yeah, you look at this. Uh, yeah. you look at this lineup. Verdugo batting 273, Devers is batting 270, Turner 286, Yoshida 301, Duvall, I mean, yeah, Duvall could be better 248, but he's not playing every day, Uh, Duran 295, Pablo Reyes, who they picked up out of the scrap heap, is batting 322. Now, granted, he doesn't have the power. He doesn't have, uh, you know, the necessary power. But, I mean, he's been batting like this ever since, uh, you know, he came on the team. He also got injured. But then once he came back from injury, he's still batting very consistently at at around a 320 pace. Yeah. And then, obviously, obviously, Connor Wong, you know, 239 could be better. Uh, if he learned not to uh, look at strike threes, um, but it's not Luis the two hundred one. It's not the it's not the one eighty five and two hundred three that the Yankees are trying out. I mean, you can live with the two thirty from Wong because he's doing other things right. You know, he's not just standing up there like a div. He's productive in other ways, and he's still going to get better, like you said. I mean, but two forty is not atrocious, right? You know, I'm I'm just I'm hoping. That Connor Wong, because uh, he's he's uh, one of the two remaining pieces of the Mookie Betts deal. I'm hoping. I mean, that's yeah, never. It's that never going to be a perfect world. Look, looking back on that, it's never going to be rosy. But yeah, hopefully he proves to be a nice, a nice piece back. Definitely. Yeah, it's obviously it's not going to be a perfect. Uh, I mean, we're seeing what Je- what Jeter Downs is doing right now in the majors, and he's not doing <laughs> shit. So, um, no, he's not doing jack with Washington. 
you know, he's barely he's barely an everyday player, if at all. He's barely putting he's so, barely putting a uniform on at this point. <laughs> so clear, clearly, the centerpiece of that deal was Alex Verdugo. He who might sleep in too much. But regardless, regardless though, and you know, you know, Luis Luis Urias is headed towards uh, headed towards two hundred and potentially over by the end of the season. Uh, and now you, you get, know, Urias story back. two grand slams. Yeah, and, and we I, got stories. Stories yeah. huge. Now, if Turner gets stays healthy, I mean, look, Yoshida Devers is awesome. Total Yankee Yankee brutalizer, Yankee bully. I mean, they have the pieces. And then you have Cassis and Duran. That's plenty of talent. It's oh, gonna, like yeah, you said, that's it's gonna right. Cassis uh, missed today's game with a tooth infection, I think they said. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. They still brutalized the Yankees, which is good. Yeah, 16 so, runs in two days. Could have been worse, too, last night. They you know, missed a couple just, three-run homers. Sox could score 30 runs this weekend, 20, 25 runs. Uh, the main problem is literally the pitching. It's the it's some of the you know it's not even the starters. It's the dog shit relievers. I'll put it that way. I'm surprised when they put out Joe Vera in relief today of of uh, John Schreiber. When they put in Joe Vera for the final two innings, I'm surprised that New York didn't make a uh, didn't make a comeback. Wow. Yeah, I mean, New York a little light Joe Vera looks like the best pitcher in the world. <laughs> like Doc Gooden. Yeah, I mean, Bob is a little light. You can't have everything, but yeah. Right. Crawford's huge. Bellow's huge. Dale's got to obviously not not remaster himself like Zeppelin. You know, he doesn't have to become the, the earliest version of Guns N' Roses to sound good, right? He, but he's got to, like, get back to some of those good years, right? I mean, if Dale's like a 3 2 3 5 ERA, because then you could have Bellow and Gray, Bellow and Sale kind of leading the way there. They're a little light on arms. That's why I mean Bloom should add an arm or two. That's their one kind of area where it's like, okay, that's going to hinder them a bit. They have to persevere despite their arms. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Do you think they're starting pitching strong enough? I think I think they're going to get in the playoffs. But are their starters strong enough to win the first round? Uh, I think I think it all depends. It all depends imagine on it, the type of Chris Sale that we get. Yeah, just imagine if they're already if they do get in, what's their starting setup look like? Games one, two, three. One, two, three. It would probably be Sale, Paxton, and Bello. Or no, no. Actually, no. If Tanner Houck is a, is good to go. It would probably be Sale, Hauk, Paxton, or or Sale, Paxton, Hauk. Wow, you go, you'd leave Bellow uh, outside. Wow, I, I would like think I maybe he'd be the third. Depends. Like yeah. I like I said, it all depends. Sure. But just based off of what I'm hearing, it sounds like Hauk will go back. Will potentially go back to where he was in the rotation. Gotcha. Yeah, and then Which would push yeah, Bellow back down to four. Six, six, fireball. I mean, that guy's got a world. He's a – Hawk could be an awesome starter. He's a huge – obviously a huge wild card in how well they do. 
problem with Houck is he just isn't consistent. He hasn't been able to stay consistent. And he's one of those <laughs> he's one of those pitchers I feel that has suffered from the Daniel Bard effect where it's like Okay, do we have him be a starter? Do we have him be a reliever? Starter, reliever, starter, reliever, starter, reliever. Oh, good. It's it's I like, like they can't they can't fucking decide what they want to do with him. I like the way you put that. It's like a, an analogy of that the way that was. Yeah, where you're basically just totally mishandling a person and not allowing them to thrive. And then not only physically you're hindering their development, also mentally it's really a blow because they're like, "Am I good enough? Why do they keep switching me?" And they don't know which like make a what. Well, they don't know whether like to concentrate on being a reliever. A lot of, a lot of pitching is mental, obviously, not just physical, not just working out and going out and throwing. Like your mindset, am I a closer? Oh, they don't think I'm good enough to be a starter. Fuck this, I don't want to be a closer. You never know what the guy's thinking. Maybe he wanted to stay a starter. Yeah, so they did not handle. It's like, I always thought right out of the gate it's just, with it's, his pedigree, he was huge coming out of college or starting the minors. I was like, this guy's going to be a starter, and then they started dicking around with him. Yeah. It's it's just seriously though, make a fucking decision. <laughs> like six six fireball. Don't like, don't, him, dude. don't do the don't do the whole you know uh what's it called? The whole Daniel Bard situation all over again. I thought you guys learned from the Daniel Bard situation. Exactly. You don't mess around a guy like Sometimes, obviously, they, hopefully they weren't trying to they weren't trying to mess the guy up, but it's dangerous to try to change the guy's position and change him back. I mean, that's that's really risky. Because we saw what happened to Daniel Bard. He washed out of the he washed out of the league for years until Colorado gave him an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. He washed out of the league. For years, I mean, my God, it just obviously they haven't learned. And now I saw Josh Winkowski is getting the start tomorrow, which I mean, that's all right. You know, Winkowski has started before, but he's another guy that they can't decide if they want him to be a starter or a reliever. Got to make up your mind. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous at this point. You know, that's what I hate about uh, pitchers that they consider to be gadget players. That oh, we can we can put them in the bullpen or we can put them in the starting rotation. Um, it's I mean, obviously it's worked for Nick Pavetta. I forgot Nick Pavetta is another option too that they could uh, yeah, have for a potential. Um, for a for a potential starting rotation for the uh, for the playoffs, yeah. Pavetta is an is an option. Yep. Even though he's in the bullpen right now, so Bell is kind of taking a step back because I thought that guy was on the fast track. I, I figured you'd name him as a starter in the playoffs. He's definitely not a starter. I I I I believe he would be a starter in the playoffs, but knowing how this Red Sox team goes about things. I guarantee you when Hauk comes back that Bello will be shifted from the number three starter over to the number four starter. I guarantee it. Unless they decide to put Hauk in the bullpen. Wow. 
That's the only that's the only way I see it. Unless they decide to put Hauk in the bullpen, I think when Hauk comes back, Hauk will take the number three spot and Bello will be moved down to number four. Which I mean I, I think it's wrong, but uh you know, Heim th- Heim thinks he's smarter than everybody else, so uh yeah. Whatever, I guess. That's, but, that's who he is, man. He's always the smartest guy in the room. I mean, they, they, do have, they do have Winkowski. I like him. Yeah, I, I wish that they would have made a move at the deadline. I, you know, like, for example, I would have taken Giolito from uh, from oh, Chicago, sure. who ended up going to uh, who ended up going to L.A. Yeah. I mean, he would have been an Giolito is a much better option. Uh, a, a, He's Lynn, a much Lynn. better option than our number four or five. Yeah, Giolito or Lynn. Lynn's, Lynn's now a Dodger. He's pitching really well. You'd think they would have added an arm, but Is Shane, he? Shane was going to. Yeah, Lance Lynn. He's pitched two really good games in a row since he came to L.A. Oh, wow. He was there. He was dumpster fire, uh, a load in uh, <laughs> the White Sox, pitching BP out there. Now he's resurrected himself the last since he went to uh, Hollywood. <laughs> So maybe that maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just a, maybe it was just a case of uh, of being on a shit team. I don't know. Lynn, I, I don't know. Lynn's totally erratic. But yeah, I think two, either two or maybe even three good starts in a row since he got traded to the Dodgers. Really good, like one, like one earned run, seven innings, like like totally back to back to the future for him. Crazy. Well, I gotta admit, I didn't see that happening. No, I don't think many many people did. I don't think they gave up much for him. But yeah, he's doing well. But I mean, he's 35. You would have thought I, I thought the Sox could add it someone, but hey, you got to go to war now with what, what they have. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, obviously you know there's a, there's still there's a lot of stuff that Heim could have done at the deadline. Uh, I mean, obviously, who knows? The Arias move right now might might potentially end up becoming a genius move if uh, if Arias can hit uh, more consistently. I mean, it's already a good sign the fact that he's hit two grand slams uh, for his two homers in a Red Sox uniform. Um, yeah. But you know, he's he's the same thing as Volpe. I want to see him hit more consistently, and not just that. I want to see him go back to the player he was uh, he was for Milwaukee in in the first two years of his career. Yeah, that would that would I mean a want, lot to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want the player from from this year that we picked up. I want the player from his from his two years that turned that made him an All Star. Yeah, showing flashes now. Then never too late. Maybe you can recapture that. It's looking good now. Maybe we were trashing that move. We were trashing that move. He was like a castaway for nothing, and then turned it on. Yeah, in the middle yeah. infield. I mean, and they got the pieces. As long as the arms can pitch, man, get just get in the dance. Right, it's possible. I think they're playoff bound. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, but anyways, that's going to be it for tonight's show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. Thank you to Lou. Uh, Diane and Alex 
for joining me tonight. Uh, we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. And also for Big Brother fans, don't forget to catch the Big Brother 25 Recap Podcast this upcoming Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, last night's show is available right now on the Blog Talk Radio archive by going to blogtalkradio.com slash AE. And you can find us on any of your major podcasting networks as well, just by searching the CAE. Uh, and if you haven't done so, you can go to the Whispers groups on uh, Facebook by searching either Survivor Whispers, Big Brother Whispers, or Sports Whispers. Request to join, and we will get you guys in there uh, to join in on the conversation. So uh, that is it for us this week, and we will see you guys next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly.